Anyway, do not I, have, I do not have the music for the episode. I haven't found that yet. Uh, sorry, what what is it. wrong with you, Pat? A lot. Black I, Betty. I, I'm, Black Betty. By <laughs> Ramjet. Uh, by Might be too recent. <laughs> Might be. I think there's just, still a Just lot. find a swing cover of it. We'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a Facebook post today that said, Ska music is the music that plays in a 13-year-old's head when they get extra mozzarella sticks. I saw that one. <laughs> yeah, it's not wrong. It's not like, wrong. It is so perfectly right. Oh, man. Situation normal. All, all fouled up. This is Snafu. Uh, welcome to episode 47. I'm Rick. Hey, Rick. Who's Hi, Pat? Rick. Which one's Pat? I'm Pat. I'll be Pat. You'll be Pat? I'll be Jeff. Pat. Who's Jeff? Tonight, the role of Jeff will be played by Jeff's understudy, Jeff. Jeffrey. Ooh. And next next episode will be Hefe. Hefe. El Hefe. El Hefe. And then where's Dale? I'm here. Where's here? Um, next to Cosmo. Who's who's up first? Right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Welcome to episode 47. You We're said gonna... that already. Jesus. Are we starting again? Wait, <laughs> is, this ground, is this Groundhog's Day? Welcome to episode it forty-seven. Like it, it, it feels like it lately, Jesus. Right, it, it really does, dude. I'm sorry, like to tangent right away, but my God, my days are like blurring together at this point. It's Blur's Day. It's it is Blur's Day. <laughs> it's Blur's Day. That's right. <laughs> I put that in my work uh, Skype message, and like nobody got it. I'm like. <laughs> Pick a day. They're all the same. The only difference oh. is now the weekend you have a few less responsibilities to do. No, but I get, I get more. Like, I have to watch my kids, and that's like... Yeah. Yep. Thank God for Disney Plus. Yeah, yeah. There you yeah, go. Right? Except my wife is all responsible and doesn't want us to watch screens and stuff. And I'm like, dude, I just want to watch TV, too. Can we just put watch the TV? Close, put the closed captioning on. They're reading. Yeah, then they're that's reading. Right. right. That's right. Then they're reading. <laughs> or then close or, or uh, change it to Spanish, and now they're right. learning a world yeah, language. Learning Spanish. language. Perfect. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, now we, that, my kids can't read yet, though. It's kind of, well, mine kinda, can't either. Yeah, mine recognizes words though, so she's getting close to that stage. <laughs> uh, Although I don't know if recognizing the Star Wars logo counts as recognizing words, but she recognizes that. That counts. One. That counts. Totally that counts. counts. Yeah, my yeah, it and does. Then, I'll take uh, t- chalk it up for a win, Pat. Let's just I call will. it that. Yeah. All right. Uh, so this episode, we're going to talk about lots of different things, but like every episode, right? Yeah, and we'll talk about some things that we shouldn't be talking about, or maybe we should be talking about. We'll just tangent whenever we feel like it. Uh, but let's start with hobby as uh, needed, as, <laughs> tangent, as needed. Tangent as required. Uh, yes, as as our yeah our allotment that we are allowed for the month. We will we'll make sure to get them in. Uh, let's start with hobby though. Dale Dale's been working on some virtual hobby, right? Uh, yeah, somewhat. So we're working on trying to get some boards put together for the Stalingrad campaign, and. Um, Cracked out a few more of those. I think there's like two or three left, probably. Um, oh my god, how many have you guys done? I think we're at six. Okay. Wow, that's right. awesome. Six or seven? There's a lot. Yeah, yeah um, there were. You can have multiples depend to kind of change things up. 
Okay. But we were going to end up with like 12 boards when there's only going to be like eight games. So I didn't think we actually really needed all of them, so I was kind of couching a few of the more uh, It depends on what series boards. you end up playing, right? You, there's some choices that you can make. Right. So, okay. I mean, there's some flexibility in it, but in order to kind of shorten the timeline a little bit. Um, so I've been working on that, and then because I didn't want to burn out too quickly, I've been working on um, putting together a bunch of the MDF stuff that I've accrued for um, oh. possible future builds. Nice. Yeah. So you're doing some actual real hobbying. Fantastic. Yes. Yeah, some actual actual real hobbying. So, mm. um, yeah, pretty it, – it's kind of fun to crack Over out and, Overachiever. <laughs> um, well, you know, every once in a while it's nice to just achieve. So sure. <laughs> well, you probably save a lot of time by not having to put pants on in the morning so you can do some scenario or some actual – like hobby time. You see what I've what I've figured out is that if you don't take your pants off, oh, you don't ever a, have to put new ones on. This so. is true life, wrong. True life hack there. All right, he's yeah, a ne- he, Dale's a never nude apparently. <laughs> never nude. Well, it's I didn't you know, know that was the thing. during during quarantine times. It's uh, you know you learn things about yourself a little bit. Sure, and uh-huh. and, and everyone you live with. Yeah. So uh, I finally I shaved today. I, I my discovered wife I don't care about my hair. <laughs> yeah, so um, I'm I uh, uh, I go to a local little uh, you know chain salon place um, over in the mall called Supercuts. It's next to Target, actually. It's, it's yeah, it's and they the new version of email. cost cutters. Yeah, they sent me. Um, uh, I think it used to be a cost cutters, and then now it's Supercuts. <laughs> yeah, um, but the stylist didn't change. It's the same lady, so she. She takes care of me. Um, <laughs> just been absorbed by the board. All right. the, um, they sent me an email today, and they're like, "Well, you know, you know, times are tough. Your hair is probably shit, so we're we're giving away hats for everybody." So nice. Hats. <laughs> it says super cuts. On. So oh, that's, oh, that's great. Yeah. I thought they were going to give you here's a YouTube video to cut your own hair, and here's a hat to go on it. Uh, well, no, I think they were offering like um, an online stylist that you could talk to if you were, you know, if you really wanted some <laughs> tips or something like that. But I'm, I'm like, I'll, I'll take the hat. Thanks. I just, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I just, yeah. And I just turn the camera off on my video calls when I don't need to have them on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> nobody needs to see this guy. So, but yeah, just um, and I've reorganized my hobby space and stuff like that, so I can. All right. Kind of see the terrain and start thinking about that, but yeah, nice, so, good, right time. on, sweet. Um, we can just skip me. I have literally done nothing. <laughs> we can um, just skip you. Yeah, I think this is. I mean, I I think there are a lot of people. Maybe there are a lot of people in my situation. There's probably a fair number of people that are in the opposite situation where they're like, oh yeah, I'm going to get stuff done, and it's like. Dude, I got some. I don't know why I feel like I have more responsibility now than I've ever had before, but <laughs> just feel like uh, the yeah. I guess work has picked up, so it's been a little bit hard to like find time to hobby. So and video mm-hmm. games have taken over for a, a bit of it too. No well, lies. okay, there's the real reason. Yeah, it's part of the reason is that I've been you know ding ding ding. We have a winner. Yeah, it's really easy. Like I could sit at my hobby table, or I could go hop on the internet and play a video game. It's a lot better. to video games are easier anyway so there you go yeah, they are uh i do take that back though i have been doing some stuff uh if you nobody else has seen this except for you three uh, i'm i am starting to to start working on operation snafu stuff nice. like i'm starting to start to get some ideas out there once we figure out what our 
end goal is I'm going to have something more, but rattling around ideas in my head, so I started working on those. So that's me. And end goal isn't really our theme here. <laughs> no, it's, it's not doomsday, but no. Right. When, when we find when we finalize an idea, yeah, well, we're not great at that either. Yeah, I'm aware. That's why I'm starting to make graphics, and I'm going to set you guys into a an, onto a path, and you're going to have to figure it out. Well, and hopefully our shit happens. For crying out loud, everything's well. There is that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Bug eater is the latest to be victimized. Yeah, that that also put a little uh, pee in my Cheerios, so I didn't really it, again. Not much reason to start working on stuff. I feel like Eeyore right now. No bother. Yeah. Hmm. Yep. Pat, what are you working on? Uh, despite the COVID's best efforts to get me depressed about my hobby, I have started putting paint on several chindits. Sweet. I've got 27 nice. of them on my table right now. Sweet. I've got... 27? It's a very specific number, Pat. Three squads of nine. Oh, for rapid fire. Yeah, it makes yep. sense. Yeah. It yep. adds yep. up. Yep. Checks out. Math checks out. Math Thanks. checks out. Yep. Yeah, rapid fire with, uh, with yeah, that's yeah, that's just too awesome to pass up. Yeah, move so, and shoot's pretty sweet. I've got they're base coated. I've got the base flush coats on most of them, and then I'll come back and do wash and then recap highlights. So that's they're probably about two weeks from being completed, as long as I can still get my hour night in there. Um, here's a really odd one. So I was. I was setting up one of my Operation Snafu boards uh, just because it took a beating last Operation Snafu and needs some serious repair. And apparently that's the next tournament I'll be at. Um, <laughs> it, seemed my, it seems like it might be, actually, unfortunately. And don't read into this at all, but the, in the campaign Market Garden book, there's a solo play mode. Oh, yeah. Touch the back that you, like, have, you know, <laughs> you take playing cards, designate for different units, and then you put some blank ones in there because those aren't units and you just kind of deal them out to where you think units should be and then you flip them over and put the corresponding unit there and then you play against yourself or with yourself however you want to look at it. Yeah, you play with yourself for sure. So I, mm-hmm. I've been kind of setting one of those up just because I needed to get that board set up so I can start looking at how it needs to be fixed so it stops getting broken again. So Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. So I've been doing that and then also, as Dale alluded to, I'm building a couple of tables for our Stalingrad tabletop simulator campaign. Our virtual what do we camp- it's, virtual campaign. There we go. It's a stopgap measure, let me just say. It is not the preferred method to play bolt action. No. Yeah. But it's, I, it's entertaining. Yeah. It, it, it seems fine. The rolling the dice thing is really fun on it. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> that dice thing, that dice popper is great. Yeah. We can talk a little more about that later on. Too. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll bring that up as a subject in a little bit. Jeff? Have you printed a car yet? <laughs> a whole car? No. Oh, you wouldn't steal a car, would you? He hasn't gone radar. I'm no. surprised that anybody picked up on that one. I, was, <laughs> I thought it was funny. Which which one? The radar one? No, the um, you wouldn't you wouldn't steal a car, would you? Oh, dude, that's or like you a, print a car. Dude, that's a straight up meme for like I think almost every three D printer guy, right? So, yeah, it's got to be at this point. I hope it is. <laughs> Should be if it's not. Oh, Lord. I'm I'm gonna TM that if not. Anyway, I think someone else has probably already done that. I'm just probably. Because <laughs> wasn't it like an advertisement at the beginning of like movies and shit? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, to keep yeah. you mm-hmm. from... Pirating, yeah. Mm-hmm. Pir- pirating pirating is not a victimless crime. Yeah, sure. They keep yeah. telling you that. Yeah, right. Yeah, those fat suits really need the extra cash. Yep, yep. 
Can't buy that. <laughs> can't buy that third summer property in Cobbsville. There's a there's a reason we tell stories about Robin Hood and not the Sheriff of Nottingham. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> All right. No, I've. Uh, what have I been doing? I've been printing. I've had to slow my printing a little bit because of the availability of filament at this point. Oh, you got to ration it now. Yeah, so I've got to slow down and make sure I actually want to, everything I'm going to print. I have to actually make sure I really want it before I do that. Which most things I don't print too many wasted projects, but it also makes me very careful so you don't have a, a project you print come out and look like shit, like one of my tanks I tried to print did, mm. and it's just more or less unsalvageable. So it'll it'll be terrain, but it'll never be a. I wish I there was a way you top. could like repurpose old stuff. Like I think there is, but it's it's so much more work. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to run out of filament, it's not that much more work. Well, I'm going to assume we're not going to completely run out of filament. I think it's just there, well, there's a hell of a run because people are people printing have, stuff. Yeah, people are printing stuff, and a lot of um, people are printing, you know, supplementary PPE for medical companies and. Right. Yep. Yeah. Hospital, so that's well, ventilator that, parts and stuff too. I guess haven't been printing toilet paper, have you? Uh, the John Wayne kind, you bet. <laughs> Rough and tough, and doesn't take shit from anybody. You know, yeah, just printing spoons. Yeah, <laughs> just scrapers. <laughs> just printing those scrapers like you use for putty. You just <laughs> the best part is you throw them away after like two uses. You know, yeah, and you just mold no. it, and you just you got to mold your button. It's like the perfect like curvature of your exactly you gotta get your settings dialed in so it's a nice smooth no layer line actually you want layer lines for the for the oh yeah yeah, 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 right you want the ripples you want that ripple action yeah Yeah. all right that's a hell of a tangent for your pleasure yeah that is that is a tangent no i've been printing a lot of terrain stuff i've been painting some miniatures uh some bolt action adjacent i picked up some blood red sky stuff and painted a couple squadrons of planes so okay you know having a good time so you're at some point i'll paint all those black sea ships i have but they're a little lower on the priority list right now. Yeah. Because that's, that's the game I think is more fun to play with people. I don't really enjoy playing that one with myself. So, <laughs> But yeah, right, keep okay. it busy anyway. Sweet. Well, I'm definitely the, the low guy on this totem pole. I better get my shit together. I'm all just right. trying to help motivate you, Rick. That's all. Yeah, that's all. this is, a, this is motivating me right now. Dude, just watching stuff drop off is like, that's not motivating. I was like, I was even thinking, I'm like, Maybe I'll go to Bug Eater this year since all the other stuff is all canceled, and then it got canceled. I was like, never mind. I'm just yeah. never going to try. I was kind of hoping. Yeah. You're tra- hoping Bug Eater was going to go. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. it's after May, or you know, it's kind of yeah, in the, early June. You know, and that might maybe be the earliest so we start seeing some things kind of ramp up again. But I don't know how aggressive yeah. we're going to be coming out of this. It's just I was kind of no. looking forward to that. So right. I, 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 who knows if it was realistic or not? It was just a thought of like, oh, maybe I'll be able to get to do this. It sounds like fun, right? Right. Yep. Whether or not it was actually ever going to happen was, you know, it's all in my head. Like, right. I mean, but, I mean, for some of us, it, we're, we're looking at three big time travel bolt action yeah. tournaments. Yeah. Yep. It's going to be you know a big three or four months, and that kind of all got shut yeah. down. But ah. can't say we didn't try. Right. Yeah. These There's, things happen. Yeah. We tried. Not very often, thankfully. <laughs> not very no. often, thankfully. Yeah. Hopefully not very often. I, I could do with this being the only global pandemic in my lifetime, thank you. Right. And my children's lifetime, for that matter. But right. somehow don't think that's going to happen. Anyway. All right. 
let's move on. We always we are always doing some rule stuff now as a as, as an agenda item. I think Pat, you do a great job at finding something. So let's talk about buildings because oh, who doesn't yeah. want to talk about buildings? Buildings are awesome. And uh, sock and <laughs> depends on the number of he on the table on your opponent's side. Right, uh, he he. <laughs> yes, yes. You can bring all the AT you want. I don't give a damn about that. Right, you bring yeah, a lot yeah, of HE shit. Yeah, yes. HE shots. Yes, you don't want to. Yep. You want to see. You don't want to see templates. You do not want to see templates. All well, right, the small ones aren't too bad. The little so, one inches. So for those at home, want to open their hymnal to page one twenty one. Oh. Yeah. Right. So we're going to sing the rules. No. Uh, no. no. <laughs> that would be the just the worst episode that, ever that would be the last that, episode ever that, that is torture that's legally classified as torture there's there you go. legal <laughs> department says we can't do it all right okay all right legal department it's one dude guys <laughs> what, he's got what, a pug oh fair all right mm. he like, we keep that one guy real busy too uh, we really don't yeah. oh, well, we should, he just we should work on no we should work on getting him more busy more often i'm sure he wouldn't mind yeah. all right uh, let's 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 go through this. Let's drag let's drag everyone along for the ride. So buildings are buildings, not ruins because ruins are different. Right, ruins are different. So you make sure that you're clarifying beforehand because a lot of ruins do look like buildings, and sometimes a lot they get close. Buildings. And a lot of them can be classified as buildings too, depending how you want to play them. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. If it's got, I, as I say, most often if it has four walls on it still and it's pretty well intact, I would call it a building. If it's got most of a roof, yeah, or even most, yeah, most of a roof. I've I got a, would say some rough. I don't I've know. got a couple of kits that I had from Zulk that I, when we play, we count them as actual buildings because they're you know more than sixty percent complete. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. so, but the important distinction here is that it can't be both. It's either ruins or a building. Right. Correct. Yes. Okay. Totally. That's the that's the conversation you have at the beginning of the game with your opponent. Mm-hmm. Ask which way we yeah. want to play these things and move on from there. You can make it both if you destroy a building, but that's that's some advanced. Well, they're not they're not both at, they're not both at the same time. Then though, right. they're only one. They're, yeah. they're, a, they're a Schrodinger's cat of terrain, <laughs> <laughs> or not a Schrodinger's cat of terrain, I guess. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's all about the timeline. It, only if you put it in a box. It's a, it's a time space thing. They can't occupy. They can't both be ruins of building at the exact same time and space. Exactly. Oh. We're, we're, we're going to get into a paradox here because I'm going to say right. every, well, in every building there's ruins. At least there's two of them. All right. Anyway, <laughs> so let's talk about getting in and out of buildings because that's the first step, right? It has to be a run order, right? Exactly. You can't move into a building and fire. Yeah. Yeah. And, and no, no jumping over a hedge and getting into a building. Right. You or can run around it. What if the hedge is within six inches? Right. But this still has to be. It has to be a run order. So you have to be able to have a run order. Oh, that's right. You can't run over barricades. Yep. Correct. Correct. Yep. So, and everyone in the unit has to be able to get within an inch of a building opening. So window or door. It doesn't matter which one. Right. So it's not the first guy. It has to be everybody in that unit has to have that 12-inch move range to get to that opening. Yep. That's getting in. That's getting in. getting out? Do you have to run to get out of a building? You can advance or run to leave a building. Okay. You can do either or to get out. But only to get in, you have to run because it's assumed you're going to take a little longer to Haul into a building, right? Then you know, start getting set up defensive positions and get ready to do whatever. I guess, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Get that bazooka set up to fire from inside the building. Oh dear God, it's a very bad idea. You can do it with the Piat just fine. 
Yeah. As we've as we've talked about, see episode three. XX. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> All right. The so, only endearing quality of a Piat that might as well get brought up again. Yeah. Right. Uh, so then building building size, this is an interesting one because I don't know what you mean by it. There's lots of things you can take. You know. so, well, so if you have, like, their example in the book is they talk about if you're playing in a tank factory. Mm-hmm. Sure. You shouldn't count that factory that's taken up a foot by two foot on the table as a building. Yeah. A building single should, building. A it's, single building. Its girth is too big. Right. Yes. Uh, for example, um, on the board I have laid out right now, I have a hangar, which is roughly 12 foot by 12 foot. That should really what? not be one building as well. Wait, wait. Did you say foot? One foot by one, one foot. One foot by one foot. Oh, okay. Okay. I was <laughs> like, holy sh... I tried to, I tried to uh, get inches and feet mixed up there, too. <laughs> Throw in the metric system, and I'm really screwed. We're just really screwing with everyone that uses the metric system in the world. <laughs> 300 so, centimeters is... That's like a foot, right? Like... Roughly. No. Three, no, five. It's, it's no, no. I'm joking. Two hundred. 60, I think. Millimeters. Yeah. Millimeters. Yeah, it's centimeters is like, we're talking almost, centimeters. almost a yardstick here. 304 millimeters is a foot. It's like three feet. Centi, hundred, one meter, yeah. three feet. Yeah. Ish. Ish, yeah. Give or take. Give or take. It's well, nice that this game has got same. everything, the bases in inches, but you measure everything within, or sorry, the bases are millimeters, but you measure everything with inches. Well, your bases don't count. They don't matter what size they are. Tell that the guy standing on it. Well, they'd be talking to my plastic guys, and that's reserved for at home. Okay. When for everyone room. else is gone, when I tell Fritz that he's screwed up for the last time. I haven't reached that level of isolation yet. <laughs> <laughs> that was pre-isolation. What's wrong with you? <laughs> like, this is every every Friday morning after our gaming. You'd be like, dude, what the hell did you do? All right, so guess. building size. Yeah, anyway. Well, so, like, a perfect example of that is uh, there's a... Is it Sarissa makes a church? Or is it... A lot of companies. There's a bunch of church. Tr- yeah, yeah. like church. cathedral churches, right? San Mary's Lee's Church. Yeah, there you go. That that one, right? There's like the tower section, the main cathedral section, and like an entrance section. Mm-hmm. And it's often played as three separate buildings, even though they're touching each other. Right. So the in the the book they state that uh, a section, a portion of the building should not be bigger than eight inches by eight inches, but preferably yeah. around six inches by six inches. So any other any other sections of those become different portions of a building. Yep. Which okay. you can get to with an advance order or a run order. You can go through two sections or two floors or whichever. Yep. Same idea with the row house kits, you know, from like the ones like Sarissa makes for old world Europe, you know, where yeah. it's a stack of houses. And they all yeah. share common walls, but you wouldn't want to treat that all as one building. Right. Like, yeah, like old brownstones. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. It's a good, good example of them. Okay. Let's talk okay. about shooting out of them. We've already determined bazooka shooting out is a bad idea. Uh, only in a real-world situation. Right. right. In, in virtual, <laughs> yes, it doesn't matter. Um, but you're only allowed so many shots per opening, is that correct? That's let's basically see. All right, so first of all, let's, so say you're in a 6x6 six six building. It's one single building. It's got four walls. It's got windows and doors in all of them. Now think of that building as being a vehicle with multiple weapons. And you have ten guys in there; they can fire off of multiple sides of that building. Sure, but mm-hmm. everyone that's firing off of one side of the building has to fire on the same target. Sure, but on all the multiple sides of the buildings, you can fire at different targets. Now, is that true if both sides of the building can see the same target? Yes, they can still split their targets. Yes. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. 
So whoever's firing out of the left side all has to shoot at the same target. Whoever's firing out of the front side, for visual, you didn't see my directions, but whoever's firing at the front portion of the building is can fire at a different target. Ah, I didn't know that. Most people don't. So you can split fire, which is kind of cool. Yes. Yeah, that's really handy. But for every door or window on the side of the building, only two guys can fire out of it. Right. right. That we probably all knew. That's, yep. the, that's what I remember from shooting out of a building. So mm-hmm. Yep. So very specifically in the rules, a unit in the building can divide its fire against different targets on different sides of the building, but all fire must, from each side of the building must aim at the same target. Okay. If you occupies a flat roof of the building, it may up to five of its models may fire from each side of the building. So oh. get those flat roofs. Wow. Yeah, okay. lots of flat roofs back then. So yeah, a lot of people don't realize that you can fire multiple people out of different sides. Now, don't have 10 people in the building, and when you do the total count, all of a sudden, 15 people have fired. <laughs> Each guy can only fire once. Some weird Enron accounting there. <laughs> right? Like, wait a minute, how did you get 16 shots? I thought there's eight guys in that building. Well, uh. <laughs> those are my futures. I, I Futures shots. Yeah, 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 right. Right. Just hedging. I'm just hedging my bets. All right. Uh, so then the next thing is assaulting question oh, mark on. up or down no, oh, there's oh. a little bit there's a little bit here oh so, what am I missing if if I have a sniper set up in a building on yes, ambush yeah um, uh, which sides of the building can he shoot out of yes you have to specify much like setting up a I team weapon put him in a and having an, and having an arc of fire you do not where's that uh, in the fact Oh, frequently there you asked go. question, um, but a um, a um, an artillery um, has to, once it's set up, um, it stays in the same place as yeah, far as if it's on an ambush artillery. order. If it's on an ambush order, okay. If it wants to fire out of a different build, uh, fire out of a different um, side of the building, then I think it has to issue a, a move order, right, in advance. But snipers um, can ambush out of any. Any corner of the building, they count as having 360 sight from any anywhere. So. Oh, that's interesting and nice. Cool, yeah. Uh, still, I don't know how much you'd want to put people in buildings, but we can talk about that later. So. De- depends yeah. on what your opponent's playing. Yes, right. I like it. I like it. Okay. I forgot about that one. Thanks, Dale. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just one of those things. Shooting from a building, you want to be aware of. So. Of course, getting shot at, you have uh, the extra protection rule from small arms. Yep. Which is nice when you can get that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Don't try and take that against HE or snipers, though. It won't work unless your opponent is dumb and you feel like cheating them. In which case, that ain't cool, man. Yeah, right. Not cool, dude. Not that, cool. Well, your opponent may not be dumb. They just may not be as clear on the rules as half of us. Because <laughs> <laughs> I forget all the time. <laughs> as clear as Pat. Yeah. 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 I, I Buildings are excellent protection to small arms and terrible protection to heavy weapons. Absolutely. Yep. So, good to know. So, um, let's move on to assaulting then. So, so here, here's the one thing that still always gets me. So, you can advance or run out of it, and you can even assault out of a building. Yep. Correct. Which... It's crazy because you can't ever assault leaving a defensive position. It doesn't even say that it's going to be simultaneous. The only thing it says is if the target unit is more than six inches away, they can 
they can use a fire order as normal. It's like, mm-hmm. so here's an, oh, but the other thing is too, they take their shot after you've left the building, so you're not getting the cover bonus against that uh, response fire. Of course. So at least they got that going for them, because any other situation that, you know, that have to fire right away gets wherever that unit's starting at and whatever cover bonus they have there. Right. So, that, otherwise, that's the only defensive position I know you can assault out of. Well, buildings oftentimes have nice doors on them. So right. Just piles out the double door. <laughs> right. Here. I mean, it doesn't. It um, it doesn't make it simultaneous. Correct. You can assault from other defensive positions. Right. It's just it becomes simultaneous. Yeah. But outside of a ho- uh, the house or buildings, that's interesting. That is that's unique. Okay. Mm-hmm. So. Well. well. Okay. No, I was just thinking about that a little bit more. But yeah, it makes sense, some sense, I guess. Yeah. Okay. So basically, if your opponent didn't bring a lot of HE, buildings are awesome. Right. Right. That that's what I was that's what I was thinking before I brain farted there was basically saying there's there are some positives to make up for the negatives of being, you know, put a unit in a building and it gets shot to hell by an H E shut round. So Right. Yeah, I mean it, it can help you it can help you get across the board earlier or more quickly as well because if you get if you get enough guys within twelve inches of the the edge of the building or that entrance into one side of the building when you exit, you've you've gained that many inches of the footprint of the building, right, effectively. Right, you, exactly. For free. You basically got so, an extra six to, yeah, four six to six inches. inches. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there that can be, I mean, that can be helpful in some of the scenarios that require you to, to get to the other side of the board or objectives or, or yep. I mean, so, and, and another thing, if, you, if you're playing an objective-based battle and there are two objectives and there's a building in between those two objectives, and the two objectives are 12 inches apart, but the building is within three inches of both objectives, and you're in the building, you can simultaneously claim both objectives because yes. you count as the footprint of the building is, is your unit, effectively. Correct. So yep. there's, you know, so there's, a, you know, there's some reasons why you might want to get into a building. So Yeah, and we might talk about that a little bit later, too. Well, and the FAQ also softened up the deadliness of buildings that, you know, if you go down and being targeted by HE... It, it helps. Yeah, you can still get the building dropped on you, though. Depends yeah, but if that's dropping the building is a pretty big HE round to do, though. Yeah, true. Good point. It usually it, has to be a, you know a three inch template or better to have a reasonable chance. Yeah, right. good point. Yeah, a three inch template has an average chance of bringing the building down. So. Yes, which is scary. Yeah, ten or more. Yeah, I know. yeah. Yep. On three, but days. a two inch I'd take my chances. You know, the guy sure. only brought light artillery, I'll take my chances. Right. To bring a Nebelwerfer, just stay as far away from the oil cans as you well, can. Well, just kill the Nebelwerfer. <laughs> yeah, kill the Nebelwerfer. The, yeah, until you kill the Nebelwerfer, don't get within six inches of the building. Right. <laughs> they hate the oil cans. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Okay. Do we talk about buildings enough? Building. We'll probably talk about them again. Not that we're going to have buildings at Snafu or anything. So. Right. Um, don't no, go in them. Have we told them to not go in them yet? Well, but you, I mean, we said you can, but, but okay. there's candy. There's but there's candy. candy only on that candy cane board. But it, you know, I mean, uh, three inches just doing two d six. I mean, so the odds of them getting a ten is not it's still going to mess your day up. Well, yeah, I mean, it's easy to shoot you inside the building. That's the whole point. 
Well, two d six is still going to get what six to eight guys. So I mean, that's pretty good unit size. That's mm-hmm. with a, a plus three, they're probably going to die. Yeah, a lot of dudes are going to die. The building might still be there, but they won't. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Or they will be half the man they used to be. Wow, I'm full of bad things to say tonight. All right, anyway, moving along. Oof. Um, <laughs> Please. Yeah let's let's talk about let's talk about this since we were talking about it a little earlier in some of your guys' hobby stuff. Uh, let's talk about uh, the this acronym kills me because something I do at work has the same acronym, but it is totally unrelated to this. But tabletop, tabletop tab- simulator. Yeah, right. Simulator, not stimulator. Stimulator. So, so stimulator. I, I work. Tabletop stimulator. This is the, well, I won't even say the name of the company. Never mind. It's, I, it's, anyway. I just think, it, I just call it TDs. TDs. I, <laughs> you should call it that, actually. Tits. I mean, I mean, TDs. Yeah. Okay. Um, so for those unfamiliar, I think we talked about last episode, tabletop simulator. Dale and Pat have been putting in ta- putting in some extra hours on it. I saw that Pat got some achievement of like you put in a fuck ton of hours on it. Um, I probably just left it on and went and did something else. <laughs> went to to be totally realistic. It's possible. It is possible. Um, yeah, he was to say I saw at one point I was playing a video game for ten hours. I'm like, I wasn't playing a video game for ten hours. It was don't let my wife see that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, she's not, thankfully not hooked up to my Discord. Oh, um, yeah, that's a good thing. So, uh, you guys played your. I think Pat, you played your first game on Thursday. Yeah, Jesse and I got okay. Got uh, actually play a game. Um, I used my uh, W, the World Team Championship list WTC. Yeah, okay. I'm stretching for. Um, for like the second time, so that was kind of cool. We got about two rounds in and about two and a half hours, and a lot of that was just really figuring out how to actually move and manipulate all these things. Sure. Uh, the biggest downside I'll say is, so, uh, is just trying to move the pieces and then getting them to sit on terrain if it isn't flat terrain. Because they okay. like to topple over worse than they do on the actual real tabletop. Well, you don't have any, like, physical feedback, right? Like, you can tell, like, when you set a model down on a, on a hill... Right, yeah. Is it going to tip? Just, is it going to tip? You don't know because it's right. You're just using you just let mouse. go and they fall over and you go, yeah. dang it. Yeah. Well, let me get them to stand up again. Yeah, okay. So maybe that's something uh, to look at is like better hills that are, you know, yeah, like and I think more that's, like realistic to gaming. As I'm as I'm building these tables for the Stalingrad, I'm trying to be mindful of that as well and trying not to have too many slope pieces that are in the way and trying to find some, some decent trains that will work for that. Cool. I think that was the biggest hang-up we had. Um Learning to measure stuff is interesting. Learning to to, to actually get the the true line of sight is really cool. Yeah. You can really get down and actually see what this model can actually see way better than you can on the real tabletop. Sweet. Which is kind of nice. That's one of the big advantages. One thing I will say is uh, when you're setting up, so the way to set up your army is to like uh, go and download like uh, whatever German or Stalingrad army that they have in the workshop and then put all your guys in some table in some formation and then do them as a saved object so that you can then bring them into the game. Yep. Whoever sets up the game, make sure you promote your opponent so that they can actually bring their stuff in. <laughs> yeah. It did seem like Jesse's shit was all locked by you though. <laughs> I don't remember ever doing that. Uh, and I think I don't know if, I think he, if you promoted him, you should be able to unlock it himself if you knew how to unlock it. Yeah, mm-hmm. he may not have done. Yeah, I, I, that so. would have been a helpful thing to, for him to have learned. But 
Yeah. I, and there was also the cool thing is I was I was able to do the live stream to our Discord. Yep. So, but the thing when you do that is you're only seeing whoever set up the server's point of view. Yeah. So I was actually thinking about this because that was one of the frustrations I was having was I wanted to see other things. You pressed I was all over the place. I was, yeah, just joined. I should have just joined and been like the camera guy. Yeah. Like, that's the thing too. The server I had the server open to six, so okay, could easily just invited anyone else in. Yeah, I should have. I should have just. I should have just joined if I wanted to stay playing. Like I was trying to watch, and I'm like, this is fun, but all I could see was Pat's angles, and I wanted to like look around some more and mm. flip the table. Uh, that was disabled. <laughs> I joke, I'm joking. <laughs> but yeah. I managed to do that a couple times anyway. So on the table we used, it they have like the where you can put your armies set up on the ends. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. the extra and table. And I was trying to unlock his pieces for him. I would miss his piece and hit that table, and it would. Everything would just fall, and then of course, anything that falls off the table comes back into the middle of the table. Right, and so it just came in, and just splattered everything that was on the table. <laughs> it's like a huge artillery like, strike. Basically, it's like dropping a you know a, a a board right on the middle of the table. Yeah. You know, your display tray, your carry cases, dropping that in the middle of the table is. Thankfully, uh, the rewind. As it turns out, uh, it's not a push and hold rewind button. You click it once and wait; it'll rewind ten seconds. A little bit of a tip there for you. Yeah. And then, so the other thing, when you, keeping your guys in a reasonable formation when you're saving them is very useful. Because then you can move them around that way and you're not trying to move each individual piece. For the most part, your movement is, you know, you have them grouped the way you want to and they kind of move that way and then you can kind of move them individually after Save them as a blob. Yeah. Yeah. If you allow for some extrapolation... Then and you're, and you're not too nitpicky. Yeah, these I'm moving these guys into cover, even though you're not moving them all right into cover into right. your opponent. Then that should speed things up and help a lot in that regard. So there was some of the terrain that I could barely see one of his units in. It was that well done, and it was just like just the tall grass that was about shoulder high, and you really had to zoom in just to even see that you could barely see the helmets of these guys moving in the field. So that was kind of a nice little. A lot of stuff was really well done as far as the train is concerned. Mm-hmm. Sweet. But the game itself, uh, like I said, we got two round two rounds, and then we saved it, which is really cool because we're probably going to pick it up uh, later this weekend or sometime early next week and finish Sweet. it out. So it's nice to be able to, you know, hey, I got I got a couple hours, just try and get a turn in. Sure. So that, I think that is fabulous. I, I think it'll it'll pick up a little more the more we get used to doing everything. Sure. Right. So, and a lot of the fussiness. Um, there's, I still got to try and find some better tokens. I thought I had some, some decent HE markers, but then actually measuring them, and they're nowhere close to the 2-inch. The 2-inch one was almost 3 inches. The 3-inch was 3.5 inches, and I'm like, who made these? I've got, um, I've got some templates you can use. Okay. So. Do, they, do, they, do you actually measure them and make sure they come out mm-hmm. the way they do? Yeah, so I, I, you can the grid that you put on the table, you can set it to inches, and so I had one inch grid on there and made sure that the two inches was two inches, the three was three, and the four was four. So okay, sweet, yeah, because cool. I'm like, okay, that's lame as crap. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> My favorite moment that I did watch while you guys were playing was when Jesse tried to grab the box but drew one of your dice, and it was like, oh, I didn't mean to do that, and put the dice back in. And then picked up the box and shook the box because that's 
<laughs> like, like, just, like, you know, this is a random box. Like the the code tells you that it's random. Like you don't have to shake the box, guys. Yeah, you just, so whatever no, you pull no. out is random. So. It's right. very important to shake the box. I know it was funny, but it, it was more funny that Jesse pulled out all the dice and he goes, "Oh, uh, I didn't mean to do that," and then put it back. I don't. I don't think he was actually trying to cheat. Right? No, I was like, "Hey, you, you pulled my dice and decided you didn't want to do that." Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was pretty funny. And he's like, "No, oh, I meant to grab the box." I'm like, yeah. well, why? Why would you grab the box? It's so weird. Anyway. Because when you shake it, it makes the shaking I, dice noise. <laughs> My favorite part is still the, the, the popper, the dice popper. So you, there's like the, oh, yeah. whoever coded the bolt action thing put a little thing where you can actually set it to the number of dice you want to roll. And you push it, push the pop it button in the middle. Is that what happens? And it pops yeah. out all the dice that you rolled. It's really funny because it makes a funny noise, too. And then you see all these <laughs> dice flip up in the air. And what's really yeah. cool is that then they sort them yes. by yeah, the nice. by the rank, which is really nice. You can right away see how many four pluses you got or whatever. Right. And then if you're really excited, it also gives you the total of all the dice you rolled, too. That, oh, does it? That's it does. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I rolled, like, uh, I think one of my stewards, I rolled the 18 dice for it or whatever. And, yeah, it was below average roll. But Jesse's like, hey, you still hit 60. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> I got two hits, but okay, thanks. I got 60. Yeah, right. So. It's cool. Yeah. Cool. First impressions are this is this is definitely uh, a stopgap measure, and it can be done. There's, uh, it, It's taking some getting used to. I don't think this will ever take over the, if I have the opportunity to play a, a real game in the flesh and blood, I certainly will. Yeah, but I, if there's someone overseas is really dying to play, then I think this is a more viable way than flying overseas and playing. A for great a way game. to practice for tournaments too, if you yeah. can't get out, or, right? You know, yeah, yeah, Good. definitely allows you to do some things. Well, and again, this is like you know, this is kind of cool in a sense that you could set up a table, and you could you you could be doing what you're doing, Pat, at home, like playing by yourself. Right, and yeah. you just save it, and you can come back to it whenever you have time on your computer, and you can look at it again, and you can play whatever, you know, look at all all the things that you maybe missed before. I think it's just an interesting tool. I would call it a, a like you said, it's not a replacement; it's just a tool. Yeah, it could be a great way to actually be able to play the game too if you're in an area where you don't have any other local players. So. For sure, that is a great yeah. that is a great call out too, and I I will agree. Like whoever is making this terrain, I wish I could give them props like proper props like for doing you know like this is thankless work i mean in all reality it's thankless because nobody knows who you are when you made the hedges that you made that are now you know being used in every bolt action total or uh, uh tabletop simulator yeah as you see the hedgerows that we had yeah that they, they were huge they're huge yeah. so they're like little hedgerows they blocked line of sight they blocked the entire guy and then they also had a, a status or whatever on them that you could change it to where they were flattened. Oh, at, cool. like after a tank had gone over them. Sweet, that's pretty cool. That was pretty clever. Yeah, the <laughs> um, the Soviets that I put together in my list have two statuses: alive and dead. So if you change yep. their statuses, <laughs> they they fall over and die. The, the <laughs> crew on, my, on the, the ground. The crew on my artillery have that same thing too, and they like have a little anime where they're like, eh! <laughs> they like have a dramatic fall down. Do they really? Inside, yeah. inside tabletop simulator. Yeah. Yep. Okay. All right. This is some this people is, have really done some clever stuff with those. So whoever I, you are, thanks a lot because it's pretty yeah. entertaining. Yeah, it's, it's pretty brilliant. It gives us you know all the stupid little shit that makes a difference in our lives right now. 
that's that's fabulous so all right that i mean do we have any other thoughts about tabletop simulator right now i think we're still just getting into it we're getting you know i'm starting to see a lot more people talking about it on facebook though which i think is awesome i think you know in in the long haul there will be some probably more distant games right it's kind of nice to get different opponents dale can only kick my ass so many times before he needs someone better to play against well i'm a glutton for (laughs) well i I know i'm a glutton (laughs) i'm a glutton for punishment Anyway, uh, well, no, yeah, I think it's just a cool, it's a cool thing. Yeah, in my head, I dream of a day when, when you will will play and be successful and and beat the rest of us because you've improved. So. Oh my God, I, I someday, someday, Pat, or it's not Pat, you're Dale. I, I <laughs> we're not drinking. <laughs> I'm not drinking. I'm just. I, I don't know. I just poured one. Oh, there you go. I frankly don't have enough booze in my house. I, this is one of the few things that I have not stopped and done after all of this has gone down is get more booze. Well, thankfully I, they're essential, so you can get them anytime. Bullshit, right. you can make well, your own. What are you waiting for? Because, oh my God, dude, you know how much work that is? No. Like, yes, I could. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You don't, you don't know how much work that is. You turn on the it's printer. A lot of work. 12 hours later, yeah. it's done. It's a beer. It's a beer. Right? Yeah, it was just, oh, wow, magically, a beer showed up in my 3D printer. It's like a replicator, right? I just say, yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah right. See, Rick's, Rick's Dark uh, Oktoberfest. It's like, bam, <laughs> there it is. Right. In a chilled mug. That would yeah. be awesome. I, the day that we get replicators is the day that no one ever works again. Anyway. No one ever works because they have to again. Right. Sure. Lots of Good people point. work because they like to. We're going to sure. turn Good into point. those people that were on Wally and they they just sit around. <laughs> <and> <laughs> church. Or idiocracy. Yeah. One of the, one of the two. No, Wally, because we'll have everything we need. Oh, right. good point. Yeah, yeah, good point. Good point. Yeah. We're already kind of well. <laughs> we're, we're fast approaching the other. <laughs> yeah, sure, good point. I did pour some Gatorade on my plants the other day. Um, anyway, <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I didn't. Anyway, all right, let's move on. So, three of the four of us were preparing for uh, WTC. Jeff was our coach. I mean, essentially, he's you know. Whoa, he's my... hang on. Back up. Oh, oh, okay. Back up. Back up. Let's, let's talk oh. about uh, the Stalingrad campaign. Oh, yeah, yeah, some yeah. of the okay. scenarios that we were specifically planning on playing for in case anyone finds them interesting and once we do put them up on the TTS workshop that they can... Well, are we allowed to do that with what we've been using? Yeah, Yeah, we should be able to. Put them up Um, on the workshop? Yeah. Yeah. Most of the stuff... Commercial license stuff that you bought? Yeah, I mean, we're not charging it. We're not selling it. Oh, good point. You're not selling it. Yeah, it's not commercial. Most of the stuff I got is because I downloaded from different workshops. Got it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's like I would expect that to be fine. It was like I know Dale had bought some models. Yep. Okay. Yeah, but still not selling them. Yeah. Anyway, let's go back to that then. Sorry, I just somehow skipped right over that that topic. All right. So yeah. So part of the reason why Dale and Pat are doing all of this this work is to let us play the Stalingrad campaign without being able to be near each other. Right. Stay in stay in practice. Yeah. Yeah. I, and it, we've we've seen campaign stuff in a lot of these books, and this one really excited Dale, and he's drug us along to you know what this I think now is the time to actually try and play through one of these 
four to eight game campaigns between the four of us. And then he'd also yeah. want to do some extra, try his, his hand in some extra, making some videos of us playing the game, not of other weird things. Well, well maybe we'll other see. weird things too, but they might be on a different YouTube channel. Right. Yeah. If it's weird, it'll be entertaining at least. <laughs> There's that. I mean, it can't be any better or worse than the podcast. So, well, um, it could be better. Uh, it could be better. We'll it see. Could be better. <laughs> yeah, no. Quick it, side note uh, from what I hear, Warlord Games is partially opened up and they're running two to three weeks behind their normal lead times for shipping oh. in case. And I was aware of that. Uh, so, the Stalingrad books are going out, so they should be showing up soon enough. Uh, there was rumor about being able to purchase a PDF, but that hasn't come through yet. I think I saw there's some guys on Facebook that were kind of asking about it, uh, and the response th- was, be patient. Yeah, I think I think that materialized as a YouTube video showcasing some of the new stuff in the Stalingrad book, some of the rules, okay. was the only thing that I would consider a follow-up to kind of a be, the, the be patient post. So okay. okay. So I'm looking at Amazon right now, and you can get a Kindle version of it on April 30th. So... Yep, so that's they're, good. Which lines up with what their release date was. Yeah, which is probably, yeah. The, it's probably when the yeah. PDF. But so the, patience. The pre-orders, for the most part, have been shipped. If you're lucky enough to be ahead in the queue, then yours might be in the mail. You might have even gotten it already. So I don't know, depending how close you are. Mm. So, uh, I haven't gotten mine. I haven't gotten mine. Yeah, it's we're not exactly a little close. bit early. Well, and they did shut down too, right? So they were yeah, they were shut they down were for stopped. like what two weeks or something like that. And they're not they're not full force staff back in the building, either. right? So they're letting one poor guy just ship everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's probably well, three guys over three shifts. Sure. Yeah, it's something like that. It's some insanely low number of people doing all the work, which so. is that's how it has to be right now. But that's just yeah, they just feel bad for the one dude that has to like take all the orders and ship them out. Yeah, that's that's got to be rough. But thank you, that's appreciated. Hey okay. Brian, if you get mine, throw a couple extra things in there for it. Right. Oops. Well, because they always send the little packed by yeah. guy, in, you know, in there. I think, I think one of them was named Brian. I don't really remember. Well, should we be sending him stuff? I don't uh, know we can send him Twinkies. Here. Twink Twinkies. I can send him some good thoughts. He'll still be here after the pandemic. Twinkies, the Twinkies. Yeah. Well, after <laughs> nuclear holocaust, too, for sure. Well, I don't know. Yeah. They, they, Cockroaches they almost and had that bankruptcy thing where they went away. So, no, that they weren't even close. You know, yeah, you know, there's like a couple years ago, yeah, they're they selling like, on eBay yeah, for like three hundred bucks. Well, right, that's because everyone things. everyone was freaking out, like they're like just flipping toilet paper. But the company it, folded. Yeah, yeah, but you knew that there was fifteen dudes that you know hedge fund managers that were going to buy that thing in a heartbeat. It was never going to go away. It took yeah, them like someone would would buy Twinkies, right? So. Like someone bought freaking Polaroid. <laughs> like someone owns dude. MySpace. Yeah, so. someone, <laughs> dude. It's it just a, one of those weird things. Uh, yeah, so Twinkies were never going away. Just just different owners. But so wait till they become currency. Toilet papers first. For sure. Uh, no, that stuff's that stuff's back in shelves. Okay, uh, hand sanitizer, back in shelves. What's the next thing? Pasta. The um, the antibacterial wipes. 
Oh, those ones fights. aren't coming back so much. Yeah, yeah those those So, so put a put a roll of paper towels in a bucket with gasoline. Wait, no, that's not true. I I found I found what some of the Just CVS 3D print. Just yeah. 3D print Clorox wipes. <laughs> sure, no problem. I'll get right on that. Um, good luck Enjoy with that. that. shift. Yeah. Right. Got a right. cool weed pattern. Dale, do you um, want to go through some of the Stalingrad yeah, stuff? Um. Okay. So, which um, boards have you made in particular? From what is the scenario surrounding those? Oh, I, I, I've only got the scenario numbers here, and I don't have anything else opened up. I just, I'm, I just transitioned to a new computer, and all my hobby stuff is over on the other side of the room. So, I just grabbed the piece of paper that has the scenario numbers. Um. So. The way this scenario kind of works, uh, the campaign rather, is that there it's a territory-based campaign. And anyone who's played in any kind of campaign, map-based, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about there. The area of Stalingrad is broken up, I think, into eight territories. And the Germans start on one side and the Russians start on, on the other. And they have baseline initial control of, of territories each. And then depending on what's happening and how the, the draw game mechanic happens, then the Germans might have the initiative so they can select territories to invade or or vice versa. And, and there's so, something about a beginning of the turn, the varying number of dice they get in the bag to determine who gets to pick territories first, right? Is that yeah, true? yeah, that's right. So depending upon, and again, this is all, it's all outlined in, in the, the campaign section of the new Stalingrad campaign book. But basically, the dice are weighted initially towards the Germans. And so depending upon the number of players, you pull out two dice to represent the matchup. And then if it's two German dice, then they have the initiative for that matchup and they get to select to invade a, a current, you know, Soviet held territory or something along those lines. If it's, if it's one and one, uh, Russia, a German and a Soviet dice pulled, then that's something else happens. And so depending upon the territory that's being invaded, there are a number of scenarios that you could play based off of what you personally have available. And because of tabletop, where you can kind of have all sorts of stuff. We've started building each of them of the boards for the various various scenarios. So uh, the campaign that we selected, which is a four-player campaign, where you are expected to play about eight games. Um, there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen scenarios that are appropriate depending upon where you're fighting. And I was based we, over the eight. So right over the eight territories. Right, based on the eight territories. So it's like two, you know, you know, one or two of the scenarios are appropriate for each of, of the individual territories. And so we just began from the, from the start of the list, working through, and I was getting towards the end of it, and I'm thinking, I don't think we actually need all of these boards, and they were getting kind of complicated. And the one I was really struggling with was, I think, a scenario twelve or thirteen was the Pavlov's board. And Twelve. Twelve. Was, and that's kind of where I'm at right now, is I was starting to work on this one. And and Pavlov's house, it's an interesting scenario, but the way they've got it set up is Pavlov's house, the representative building of it is really small. Compared it's, more to like his, it's more like the guard shack at the front of the it, It's house. the outhouses. Right. It's Pavlov's outhouse. Right. <laughs> and the Hold scenario... The yeah, the scenario calls for... Um, I, I, interestingly enough, securing and holding buildings, which we, I guess it's timely because we talked about how you do that earlier in the episode. But there are seven points of interest on the map itself. And mm. it's, you know, I'm, I'm just like, 
Yeah, you know, I, not that it would be bad, but I just I'm a stickler for Pavlov's house. I own three of them, and they're huge. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't. Uh, nah. So I'm like, you know what? We might not need this scenario because if we're only going to play eight games, we don't need 13 boards. Well, so. I think it comes down to. Um, Whoever has the advantage that gets to choose, you get to choose which scenario you're going to play in that section. You can. So there might be, I mean, if you're familiar with the scenarios, you might be able to go, you know what, I'm probably going to be better in this scenario, and I want this one. So I think that's and that, yeah, that's why they, right. It, and then absolutely. And again, I think it's partially part of you know what type of terrain do you have available? What are you really interested in? And I mean, in some in some cases, if it's the Soviets gets get the initiative. Um, and they go on the attack and they pick a particular scenario and each of the scenarios actually are, are weighted towards the Germans attacking, then then you can change up who's the attacker defender and shift the yep. story. I mean, there's flexibility in that regard. So that's kind of just kind of where we are at. But, I mean, we've got, you know, a few more of the boards to kind of wrap up and then, and then that will all be complete. And I've done a little bit of testing with um, video capture and stuff like that. What I haven't been able to figure out is is audio, audio capture. I was hoping that the video capture oh. piece of software that I had selected would actually capture the audio, but it only captures the audio input um, for whoever's recording. It doesn't. Oh. It doesn't pick up. It doesn't pick up the audio on the other end. So, so maybe we'll have to trust to actually see use the audio inside the tabletop simulator instead of the discord on the outside yeah so we'll have to see i i, I don't know again there's will have to be you know and if anyone you know if anyone has some and again this is more more for video capture so we can edit some videos and put together some kind of small little 30 minute kind of here's a scenario and a fun kind of a little thing not not the full-blown here's here's the four-hour game or anything like that because we could live stream something like that but um, again, really, that's just you kind of... You just want the recap and the highlights, and I think right. about 20, 30 minutes is the attention yeah, the, span of anyone watching that kind of video. Yeah, and, and, and in anyway. addition to you know right. the, the the tactics talk, the, the strategy, here's the plan going in, here's what I selected, um, just so we can kind of bring in you know maybe some tactics and strategy and army selection and stuff like that. So Maybe even unit selection. Mm. Right, right. Mm. More along the lines mm. of... Mm. of you know, I, we've got two teams. This is the plan. Yeah, that kind of stuff. So, have we Sweet. chosen teams yet? Thought we did um, already. Yeah, I think did I we? think we okay. had. Yeah, I think it's it's. it's uh, Dale, Dale and it was Dale and myself for the yeah. Soviet players. Okay. And then right. you and you and Jeff are doing the Germans, as far as I remember. We can change that if you'd like, but yeah, I think that's, that's where I think that was kind of where we had, we felt like that was the closest we could get to balanced play. Ekman so. ein Berliner. Um, <laughs> okay. Does it have a recommended points list for your army? Uh, 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 it's a donut, actually. Is it okay? Uh, yeah, jelly donut or custard donut. Oh, the okay. um, yeah, the scenario. scenario. Yeah, yep. each scenario has its own army okay. composition. Yep. I, yep. I was asking so I can pre-create my army, so I can just drop the element in whenever I play. Right. Yep. And that's probably the easiest way to do it. You still have to create an army for each scenario but now you know you only have to pick the one side and not make an army for both sides right right and so the and the army selection remember they are limited to the selectors the theater selectors the, for, the theater selectors from the stalingrad campaign yep, yeah. yep. 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 so you know and, and the tractor factory f- features pretty heavily in about half of these rooms so i hope you like, <laughs> um, hope you like those, uh, i hope i like tractors yeah those, those it's tractors. in one so it's in the factory district 
Yeah. Well, we're just going to be playing in the factory disc the whole time then. Let's bring yeah, some we'll tanks. Do, we'll see how it goes. But um, And so, yeah, once we, we iron these things out, then we'll um, we'll get the boards out into Tabletop Simulator so anybody can pick them up. And um, I think it'd be pretty slick if we could time that out with, um, with when Warlord actually releases um, to the general public that, that book so that it's out there, it's ready to go, and... Well, with the ebook release on the thirtieth, maybe we make an effort to try and target that. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it will be. Yeah. So the scenarios are are three through sixteen. That there's no five, and a couple of the later ones we may not end up actually building. So um, because I don't know that we'll need them. So So, and you know, in the notes of the workshop, we're just we're summarizing the wind conditions and any special conditions. We're not including. You'll need the book to, to actually get the whole scenario and the force build and stuff like that. So, so, you, should, yeah. so you should pre-order or buy it digitally yeah, right. when it comes out. Yeah. Right. This, this is us. This is our efforts to help encourage people to buy a book that I think is worth buying anyway. It's a sweet book. Right. And, and give people who are really excited about it and, and do, you know, grab it, the opportunity to actually play. Right. Um, almost right out of the box effectively, especially if you pick up tabletop simulator in advance and, and start you know, learning the controls and, and putting some armies right. together and things like that. Open up so. as many bolt action workshops as you can because they all have different and all tokens, at the same pieces time. and yeah. well, you can only have one workshop open at a time. <laughs> Joking. Uh, and it's, there's weekend deals with tabletop simulator as well. Every every now and again, so you can pick it up a little bit cheaper if you buy it. It was like know, ten bucks last week. Yeah, you and, and a group of your friends and things like that. So, and it's not yeah. it's it's great. Well, I mean, it's usable for for Voltax as well. But there are all kinds of games. I mean, that you can mm. that you can play with it. So it's a pretty minimal it's a pretty minimal cost to be able to do that. And it is great to be able to, like you said, right right away be able to play it when you get the book. But on top of that, you know, in our current situation, you know, distancing isn't such a bad bad idea for a little while longer. Yeah. Like this is an easy way to play with people and your friends. Yeah, yeah, really good. Actually, and I think it might be a cool thing we could do with our patrons. If any of our patrons have already got Tabletop Simulator, let us know. We'll um, yeah, we'll play yeah. some games. So. Or, or mm-hmm. even at a minimum, we could start streaming it on the Discord so that they can watch. They can watch along if they so chose. Yeah, I think that's we, another we good announced idea. that ahead of time, and uh, we could we could definitely reach out to our patrons and be able to. You know, yeah, we should do something for those guys. Should yeah. more more so than we do, unfortunately. Right? Gonna, yeah. Yeah, we can actually just play. We don't have to stream it in Patreon. We can just play in Discord, and they can, if they have Tabletop Simulator, they can just come and join. Join us. Room. Yeah. Yeah. And and hang out yeah, with us as we're playing. Mm-hmm. So. Right, or, and if they should... don't, they can still watch us as we stream it. So. Totally. Right. I think. I mean, there's lots of opportunities here that because it's such a it's a distance tool, we can we can include more people in different ways. And yeah. I don't want people jumping into our game and knocking over all my models, but we'll figure that out when a time comes. Yeah. Let's yeah, you guys are doing a great job. I'm super excited that you guys are doing it because I don't have time for this or time or patience for this. Like it's so kind of I'm, fun. It's interesting. Well, and I can see why you would be enjoy, enjoying it too, Pat is like you're this kind of your area of expertise in some respect. I know it's not the same, but right, it's similar-ish. It's in the same general genre. It's moving and manipulating things around to where they look good. Yeah, especially in oh. yeah, in, in a three-dimensional mm-hmm. space on your computer screen. That was always yep. horrible at that. That's not my least favorite thing to do. So, 
um, I will learn to like it. I would just Dang hope it. that you can actually just figure out how to get an army put together is all I'm looking for to you, Rick. I, I can do that. That, okay. that I can do. I, Dale and I sat down and played around with it. I am a little okay. sad that I'm not playing the Germans because I feel like the German workshop has lots of fun little toys in it. Uh, minus a Nebelwerfer, which I'm okay with. But um, Actually, the Soviet the Soviet workshop is pretty good, too. It's missing some... It has the Katusha. <laughs> it has the Katusha, but it doesn't have the gas. It doesn't. I, I've just got uh, a, I just got a Jesse gas Jesse did truck. that. He just put a truck, and then he put the whatever oh, the put, little turret thing yeah, on top of it. Yeah, yeah, there's an AA thing you can put on the back of it, but it doesn't look good, and I just did the truck. <laughs> Okay. No, no I mean, you can, there is a, there's uh, a software you know, tool. To be fair, you, we probably won't use it very often anyway. Yeah. You, if you, if you, with your phone, if you take a bunch of pictures of the actual model itself from a, a number of different angles, there's a software tool that you can put all those pictures into and it will build a 3D model of, of the object for you. Oh, let me just so. go take pictures of my gas anti-aircraft truck in the backyard. So, <laughs> I, don't think well, I think you could do the model you painted. Yeah, oh, I mean, you oh, actually, good point. Good point. Actually, you yeah, could yeah. do your model. <laughs> you mean, you yeah, mean you don't have a tank in your back? World War II museums start taking a bunch of pictures of stuff. <laughs> like, I mean, who's I, the I weirdo? Can, though, right? Yeah, well, you, you can once yeah. they're open. Yeah, once right. Open back yeah, up. yeah. Well, I've got lots of pictures well, of the places that, I've been. That'd be perfect. That yeah. would be a that would be a really big STL. good point. Actually. Uh, yeah, we don't need to print life-size Nebelwerfers. That's okay. Yeah, yes, we do. We do? Yes, we do. Okay. <laughs> well, It's a mascot. <laughs> it's a mascot. Uh, <laughs> all right. So that's lots of things to come on that. I'm sure everyone will hear more and more about it, and I'm sure some stuff will get posted on yeah. social and media. We'll, and we'll, it's talk, still we'll talk, we'll talk about this we'll enough see. that yeah. they'll be thankful that we actually will start talking about Snafu again, Operation Snafu. Right. Yeah. The only the only Midwest tournament of the year, apparently. Oh, so sad. Yeah, right. Yeah. Anyway, better happen. <sighs> well, we we are kind of not in control, unfortunately. Right. We, yep. We're only a piece of that puzzle. We're not the puzzle. So, let's take a break. We'll come back. We're going to talk about s- scenario strategies. I think this is going to be an interesting topic that we've we as a group have talked. To, a lot about lately because we are going to world cha- world team championships championships and we still are whenever it happens when hopefully it happens um and we're going to talk about some of the scenarios that we've we've kind of dove pretty deep into a little maybe a little too far and then we're going to dissect them and then we'll talk about some other things uh we'll be back in a couple of minutes <laughs> This is a mechanized war, they say that saying is sure a bust. Cause all that you see in the infantry is one another's dust. What do you do in the infantry? You hike, you hike, you hike. What do you do in the infantry? You left and right of light. 
Everyone else can ride a jeep or fly up in the sky. But there's nothing to ride in the infantry, you're just a tired guy. The hard way, the hard way, sweat till you get there, the hard way. What did they say in the infantry? They squawk and squawk and squawk. All about miles and miles and miles that they have had to walk. They march across the ocean, and that's quite a trick to do. But don't forget the Air Corps has done some marching too. What do you do in the ground crew? You're always fixing place. Never a chance to sleep and dream of beautiful G.I. James. You're patching a hole in the fuselage, you're loading the bomber sticks. What do you do in the ground crew? You fix and fix and fix. What do you do in the air crew when the flag begins to scream? How can you duck when the bombardiers so steady on the beam? How can you dig a foxhole or jump behind a tree? Wouldn't you love to march away just like the infantry? The soft way, the soft way, trying to crash land, brother, the soft way. What do you do when your gas is gone and you're flying a thunderbolt? You at the silk can say a prayer and land with an awful joke. You drop in a jungle and wrench your back, you're thinking of giving up. Your buddy, your mumble crawling back, it's hot, dope, back uh so whatever the music was i hope you liked it that's that's what i expect we're going to talk about some scenarios because everyone wants to i mean we've had people ask us about more strategy stuff in the past we feel like we finally have gotten maybe we've just wrapped our brains around this stuff well enough now that maybe we can talk about it a little bit more some of us i should say not necessarily me um but so we've again i think we took we took the world team championships pretty seriously and we started digging through all of the book scenarios because it did say that it was going to be based on eight of the scenarios in the book. I, it was something like that. Like it was yeah. a random selection of eight of the scenarios in the book were going to be used to play the six games, if that makes sense. There was going to be a pool of eight. They were going to pick six of them. That's all we knew. So and we had to start From what I understood through. is that it wasn't going to be the same scenario every single time. Like, I think once the one was chosen, it was out for Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was gone mm-hmm. once. It, yeah, it did not. It would not be put back in the pool. I, well, I think we it all is a horrible it, idea. it was a horrible idea. It was idea. a horrible idea. It was but a horrible I, idea. I wanted to be sure so that we could prepare, so I mm-hmm. asked. Right. Cause, Do they yeah, stay I mean, in the pool? No. No, right. Well, especially since we, like, yeah. That would have been where we all were raging super hard if they, like, picked the same scenario three times and we weren't. Not excited about of that. the ones listed. I don't think some of them should be in there, but I, I would not. Know. There. I would not I disagree. Even, I don't even remember what they were anymore. There were there were two or three that we were like, "What? Why is this one in here? Like, this is mm-hmm. not a very evenly, like, like." There's clearly a side that's a better choice. 
Yeah, development and, and double development are not good competition scenarios. Right. Exactly. Yeah, one of them made it And in there's a couple of them. For sure. And then one we thought was more of a competitive scenario didn't make it in. Which is actually the first one we're going to talk about. Right. Yeah, right. Because we thought that this is a fairly good, yeah. a well-rounded scenario that actually does play both sides. Although it does kind of definitely feels like it has a... Uh, well, I guess it depends on your list scenario or your composition whether or not one side is better for you. Well, anyway, let's jump into it. Yeah, let's jump in. So the first scenario that we tackled because we thought it was going to be part of the eight. They we, when we started picking these, we didn't know what the eight scenarios were. So we we started with surrounded because it is a it has it has some components that are unique, right? Isn't this a mixed a mixed fight or it's confused fight? Confused fight. fight. Yeah, it's a confused fight special. Right. Yeah, so you have so the weird weird center deployment. Scenario, scenario 11, it's an attacker defender. Yep. Uh, both players roll a die, highest decides to be the attacker or the defender. Uh, and they, pl- they pick which table side they want and set up half their units rounding down within 12 inches of the center. And all these units can be hidden, use the, and you can use the hidden setup if you can make that happen. All the units are left in reserve. The attacker's units are not on the table. They must nominate half his units rounding up to be the first wave. The rest are reserved. They can mm-hmm. all be hidden, Pat, because nothing is on the table, so nothing is in line of sight. Uh, right. Advanced players. Probably oh, first wave. Sure, fair. Okay, advanced players would be the only thing. You're right. Yep. Well, so, I mean, you're still deploying. Um, well, provided what you put down as the defender, if everything is deployed prior to advanced defenders... When they hit the table, they're completely out of line of sight, so they start in hidden. True. Well, now, the, to be in hidden, it's the, at the first turn you have to get a line of sight, so the advanced players are out nope. before the first nope, turn. No, no, no. When you deploy, if you are out of line of sight, you are hidden. Okay. So um, once an advanced deployer goes down and you're placing after that, if what you place after that is within line of sight of the uh, your opponent's unit, then that cannot be deployed into hidden also if um, if that unit that's in that has advanced deployed has extra sensory um, abilities to, to spot people in hidden outside of 12 inches then what, they would like lose hidden Spider-Man like that. or something uh, marines like, with dogs yeah marine dogs know, right things like that okay but yeah. those can't advance deploy typically there's a guy Again, over there behind things. the hill yep so if 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 you put your unit down first, and there's no one else on the board, and you're allowed hidden deployment, you can set that up in hidden yep. deployment. Sweet. Yeah. It's a. I feel like we thought this was a very tricky scenario to to master. I think it is kind of still, but I think we determined. Mm-hmm. Uh, which side did we decide was better in this one? There's almost always we almost always wanted to be. I, I wish I grabbed my notes. I should go grab my notes. It depends well, on your list. Sure, right. for sure, and uh, your opponent's list and the table. Yep, which is which is okay. Well, which is which is every scenario, which is every variable you can possibly have. Right, well, right. I mean, that's. But I'm trying to say, there's no hard and fast rule like always pick attacker, always pick defender. Right, it's always I, gonna depend. I have had a lot of success as the defender playing the scenario. Yep. Yeah, I have had success both as defender and attacker. It's not really made a difference for me. Yeah, okay. I'm good going both ways too. I'm going to, yeah, I got the PDFs of all the stuff. So one of the things I did was start making cheat sheets for all of the scenarios. Yeah, uh, we had actually gotten to the point where we were actually writing down our our lists and what we would do 
in the scenario with that list so that we knowing that time was of an essence that you're not having to hem and haw about oh which ones do I want to leave in reserve which ones do I definitely want on the table so I'll always say you, you want your artillery pieces to be deployed yeah as much as you can for sure as much as you can you don't want them missing an opportunity to to, to potentially shoot right, and that's and that's why defenders. A part of the reason why defending is a better choice is because you can actually have them on the table and firing first turn, or putting them in ambush and waiting to take an optimal well, shot. So, um, after deployment, yep. um, so the defender deploys everything, and any advanced deployers then um, are alternating with the attacker in this scenario because if an attacker has any advanced deployers in their first wave, they get to deploy before the first turn. Uh, that's incorrect. No, that's exactly correct. Do you don't trade off in an attacker-defender scenario? Yeah, you do. Yes, you do. Uh, uh, no, oh, 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 oh. No, you don't. No, no you don't. Advanced def- players yeah. do not do not oh, right. the, the, defender, right. the defender puts all theirs out. First. Yeah, there's Correct. no alternating advanced right. deployment. Right. Um, not in the attacker so defenders. So defender right. deploys yep. everything. That's right. Yep. Um, and then the attacker does then get to uh, deploy there. Correct. They get advanced deploys. Yes. They just do not get to go. They, they are not alternating. It's right. a, mm-hmm. a key component to an attacker defender scenario that I think is maybe overlooked. I know when yeah. we started playing these, they were being we were overlooking that. Yes, we had overlooked that. Because the defender can then do some, you can do some area denial. Janky, some, some janky ass stuff if you got enough, yeah, advanced players. I never had enough advanced I, players. It, it depends on, <laughs> yeah, if I played the Romanian list, it would definitely have enough deployers, but well, not, the, not quite as scout, not quite as scouts. There's a balance because if you are trying to get your high impact pieces out there, like your artillery, your mortars, or whatever the case may be. Yep. Um, that may cut into your advanced deployers. <laughs> so, well, most of my advanced deployers are part of my artillery pieces. Anyway, your spotters, yeah, mostly spotters. Right. So again, that's just one of those, you know, one of those things. So, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Something you want to think about. Right. And then so, once deployment actually happens, there's a preparatory bombardment, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, only for for attackers only. So the attacker gets to make a preparatory bombardment on the defending position. Right. Which might also make you think about what you're putting out there. For sure, yes. You don't want to put any singletons out there. or like You might have to take a couple of risks, but realize that like your armor piece is probably going to be okay. Like If it doesn't, then it doesn't. That sucks. It's going to happen sometimes, but that's pretty low odds that that happens. Yeah, I mean, your armor piece as well. So, I mean, yeah, I used to say a couple of that things. Can that can run on and shoot, roll on and shoot. I, it's just one of those things. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it shit happens. It's, it's, you just got to get over it. Um, so the big thing about this scenario, and I think one of the reasons why we also had selected is because confused fight can be tricky. Uh, so confused fighting is after the after first wave, you can basically, or after the first, yeah, after first wave, you can basically come on any table edge. With, with reinforcements, yeah, beginning with reinforcements, turn two. Yeah. So turn two, yep. So, but that means that oh, as long as it wasn't the the same table edge your opponent came in from the last the, the last unit came on from. Right. Watch your corners, though. Yeah. Yeah. Corners are death traps. Corners yes. are death traps, and you'll end up having units piled upon units and reacting on those corners, and it just gets right. it just gets just silly. Yes. But you have to protect that back that back edge. You, you have to make sure that you're keeping an eye on where where you've locked down. 
uh, a table edge, right, so that your yep. opponent can't just start ramming things in from behind. Uh, that happened to me in a game with Dale, and that was like uh, I, I decided I needed to take a shot with a unit, and I shouldn't have done it because really I needed to protect my table edge. So sometimes mm-hmm. you have to make that t- difficult choice. Like uh, I really wanted to shoot with my I don't remember what I was shooting with. I think heavy howitzer. Something. It was it no. the heavy howitzer? Yeah, so it, was it was like one of with, the heavy howitzers. Right. It was like <laughs> I was gonna. Yeah. It was like, do I use a heavy howitzer? And I I chose to take the shot instead of bringing unit on the table. Uh, as it turned out, I think it failed the reserve roll I would have needed anyway. But that's a different story. But you, you got to protect that table edge where your stuff is already set up and deployed. Where you've, as the attacker, we've come on the first wave. You need to protect that back table edge yes, because absolutely. you're only six or twelve inches up, and that can just be that can right. be terrible. Especially when yep. you have like a heavily heavy artillery list, or I mean, it well, doesn't matter any any list. Any right. list can yeah. get cornholed by that. For so. Sure. So all of a sudden you forget to do that, and the attacker brings in a piece in that back edge, which means now you can't bring a piece in that back edge to respond. Right, and as long as you, you and he can just keep piling stuff in. Yep, and the worst part about that is, is that because you were protecting yourself from the corners, you can't come in on a corner to save your bacon either. You're kind of your shit's all going to die, especially if you deployed middle centric. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like you're not yeah. going to you're not going to deploy in the corner either. You don't really want to give up that advantage. So, well, that is a big so, deal with this scenario. Yeah, so let's that that is that is a that, that's probably the biggest thing right out of the gate is that right um, backing up a little bit though as the attacker there's something that you need to to think about as well because you're deciding what is coming in in the first wave and what's coming in um, from reserve uh, reactionary effectively, and so sure. a lot of folks don't think. Um, uh, maybe that's not fair, but it's important to consider <clears throat> that your first wave rolling in, coming coming in on your board edge, what they're coming into is um, half of your defender's force in the middle of the board, which is probably all hidden, which means that you're not going to get any great shots. And if they're not hidden, they could also be down um, with pins on them, which means that they're not effectively possibly going to be in a position to counterattack. So sure. that they could might also, also be an ambush. Uh, yeah, but especially if they're Japanese. Yeah, and, 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 but they've taken um, they've taken a preparatory bombardment. So sure. potentially, it's, it's most more, realistically. All right, so you want you want to give some uh, some thought to uh, what's what's the best situation that I can set myself up for, knowing that that's what you're going to be your first wave is going to be rolling into. So. Totally right As on. the attacker, yeah, you don't want to, because it's all about um, setting yourself up for you know the rest of the game and keeping or seizing and keeping the initiative and those kinds of things. So, mm-hmm. cool. And this 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 objective is uh, is destroy is basically remove order dice. Yes, kill order dice in yep. this one. Yep. So you have to be real careful with your small teams. Yes. Right. So <clears throat> for if you're if. If you know you're playing this scenario, and we talked a little bit about this, um, what um, what's the easiest way to pick up order dice off an opponent? What do you guys think? Well, it's it's obviously off small their inexperienced second lieutenants. Yeah, right. Yeah, small small teams, command units, and uh, mortars, inexperienced team weapons with your sniper, probably in that order. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So so low wound units. Yep. To start with. And the easiest way to pick off low wound units is with your sniper, if you have one. 
Um, and this this goes both ways, obviously. And the snipers are, are particularly good in this scenario because they're advanced deployers. And as a defender, um, if they're if you deploy them first, they avoid the preparatory bombardment as well because they're setting up outside of their deployment zone. Correct. So they those should be anyway. Those yeah. could be set up in hidden in ambush, potentially. Um, so you can be shooting something coming in as the from the attacker's point of view and scoring those early dice, which are what this what this scenario is all about. So well, and, and yeah, you don't really want to you don't want to take the mortar shot if you don't have to, right? Kill their mortar before they get to you if you can. Yep. Yep. So like, and and, and the mortar is likely to come on in the first turn, so it, it can get as for many, sure. yep. many times yep. shooting as possible. You know, because you're already losing that first shot. If it's coming in as reserve, that's that's going to be even even more difficult. So. Yep. So you do have to win by two or more. Mm -hmm. Correct. So you have to you have to you have to be up at least two in order to get the victory. Mm -hmm. And like every other scenario, it's got that get end of the end of turn six and roll a dice, and there's potentially a turn seven. Yep. So I mean, I, I always hate the first wave scenarios that you know those artillery pieces, those mortars are are losing that first shot because they have to come on the board. Of course, they can't mm -hmm. fire with that. That's always tough. And, if and then you've, you've got. Then you've got the whole problem that if you've included heavy yeah. artillery or ATs in your list, that you you have to be tow committed to them. I need that tow to come out. Mm -hmm. And if you're later, if you're attacking, for sure, yeah, right. And if once that tow comes out, you need to hide that thing so that they don't pull a cheap order dice off you. You tell those mules to lay down on the ground. Damn right, the inexperienced <laughs> mules for four points. Yeah, something like that. That come in. That what they, they bring your guys in with an automatic pin or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no, I don't bring the mules. I, you go one up and do the horse limber. The horses for eight points. Yeah, inexperienced horses for eight. Yep, that's the regular for ten. Yep, like literally soft skinned. Yeah, <laughs> three plus. <laughs> I actually do like the artillery tractors. If you can find models that work for them, if anyone knows if there's a model that for a wheeled artillery tractor, I'd love to. I'd love for you to show me where that is. Besides the British one, that's but it's not wheeled. Yeah, it is. Sure it is. Really? Yeah. Is there, a, is there an actual model for it? Yeah. Quad tractor. They've even got a cut down one for the desert. Oh, it yeah. looks like it looks, it looks like, like a pug. It looks like a Humvee. Looks like a pug. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, okay. it's, it's a Morris, yeah, okay. It's a Morris uh, artillery tractor. I don't know that I can use that for my Romanian list. I'm just saying. Uh, anyway, Pain, moving. a little different. Tang tangenting there a little bit. Um, that, that's what we do. Yeah, right. So Tangent as required, right? <laughs> This, I, some of the interesting things are like I think one of the, the decision making pieces that I think is a tricky thing to think about here I think I said this earlier is do I want to take the shot or do I want to try and gain an advantage in my in, in position and I think almost always you're going to want to take the position even though it may not seem like like you really want to shoot with their artillery piece but or whatever you know you might want to move up a unit in the front but in reality if their back is open if you pull that first dice in the second turn you better put something in their back line, like mm -hmm. every time. Like you may have the perfect sniper shot, but by golly, getting something in their back line is going to be way more important. Did you just really by golly? Yes, I did. Yeah, it's that time of night. <laughs> 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 Trying not to curse. <laughs> yeah, right. So it just it's just something to think about when you're doing this. Is if you're the, it doesn't matter which side you're on. Actually, like if you're a defender, it's also good to get in there into their into the rear of their deployment depending on what they've got out but it's sometimes the easiest way to gain dice is to make them 
like you're going to get to pick off some stuff if you can get in their back line right away. So yeah, always do that. Not always. If you have the ability to do it, do it. Should almost always have a, some unit that is available for that too, though, right? Like Dale's got a giant SMG squad that he can throw out there. Not that many people, are, unless you're playing Soviets, have that available to him. But so you need a you need a, a, a backline patrol, right? Well, yeah, either it's protecting your backline, or you have some pretty pretty devastating piece to put out there and mess stuff up with. So, so both ways. So here's. Um, as the as the attacker, um, here's how I approach. Um, I assume um, that I will not pull the first dice on turn three, sure, which gives the defender the opportunity to come up behind me. Because right. if they pull the first dice, there's nothing you can do. Yep. So when you come in with your first wave um, as part of your turn to move on to the board you need to set yourself up to protect that back line as best as possible. Sure. Which means that um, you might be bringing in some infantry units and spreading them out mm-hmm. um, and leaving them on your board edge, which means that there's no way that anyone can come up behind them because there's no room for anybody to move on to the board edge there. Remember that you can't move within an inch of an enemy model um, unless you're assaulting them, and you can't assault from off of the board. Correct. So, you know, using the terrain and your own units to your own advantage. And again, you want to set yourself up so you can protect your flanks when they inevitably get pushed in. Right. Um, so you make sure that you can react. So when I played Rick and he shot with his heavy howitzer and then I came on and took the heavy howitzer off another one that hadn't fired at that point in time, he swung around a third heavy howitzer and blew that unit off of the board. But it, yes. it, it turned into a back and forth at that point in regards to, you know, but I had the initiative because I could continue to come on to that. Right. Board edge. The problem is, is I blew the one unit up, but I still couldn't right. bring anything in the table edge. That's, right. that is the distinct disadvantage I had. But, and it was, a, it was a, an advantage because you weren't really compact in such a way that there was overlapping lanes of fire and support right. and I could still come into the cracks and start pushing in. And well, and I like think that. if I remember right, there was like a forest that broke up my deployment zone a little bit. Right. Because you can't roll heavy artillery through a forest right well and i can't even shoot through it like that's you right. know right i couldn't so you were able so, to like just kind of pick pieces off left and right like where right you wanted. and so it you know it comes down to again and it's the defender you've you've given i was the defender this is my board edge knowing that you had that forest was there which yep. effectively kind of put one third of the board isolated from the other two thirds of the board right and my my infantry units can move into that forest completely fine Yep. So, you know, it's all it's all about considering, you know, thinking about if I have to protect my back line, what am I doing with my units in turn two? Because they're coming on in relative safety, depending on what you're looking at. But again, with the preparatory environment, you know, them being hidden, you're not going to be able to really be aggressive, that kind of stuff. Right. So, yeah, you're setting, you you know, you're doing your best to, you know, protect yourself. And, and to play off of that same idea, one of the things that I realized, I think I didn't realize until like the next turn after that, in that particular game you're talking about, is if that does happen to you, sometimes the best thing you can do, like, okay, so like you said, turn three, you don't get the dice and you don't have like, you know, you brought on an alpha strike piece and you, you did your alpha strike. I can't, I mean, there's that unit's not reacting right now. Nothing's going to change right there and then and there. The next best thing sometimes is to do the same thing back to them, right? You've now left your back end open, 
like your, your back table edge open, sometimes coming back and doing the same thing to you is the better play than to try and, you know, neutralize whatever just came on the board because they've already acted, right? Like, it doesn't matter. They've used their dice. But You've got what, the rest of the turn to, to deal with them. Right. You need them gone, but now is not the time for that. Right now, you know, one of the best things you could possibly do is press the advantage the other way because you might potentially be able to, to, to you know, refocus your enemy onto the onto their back table edge if you have another nice big unit coming on from the backside. Wow. So that's, that's the advantage that... that the, that's the... <laughs> well, the backside's going to be... By golly, it sure did. By golly. Uh, <laughs> the defender has the advantage in that they don't have units on the board exposed that close to the edge. Right. But also keep in mind that, you know, the, the confused deployment rule resets at the beginning of a turn. All Correct. sides are open to everyone at the beginning of a turn. So that's, right. that's a key in that. Yeah, so the first dice out of the bag has that advantage. And the best way to swing that into your favor is to, well, have a have a list that has more dice at the beginning of the game from your opponent, but also to pick up that di- those dice when you can. And so, you know, when you pull that dice out of the bag, you can't think about what just happened to you and, and react unless you unless that's your best play. But like Rick is saying, you know, sometimes your best play, you know, isn't to swing that howitzer around and blow that unit off the table or try to or whatever the case may Even be. Even though you want to. It, really bad. it could be, you know, setting yourself up for something else, moving in or, or that kind of stuff. Again, it's all about thinking, keeping your mind on what what are the objectives of the game and how how can I best achieve those right now or move right. towards achieving those right now. Right. And, and take and take the butt soreness out of oh crap that just happened to me I need to do something yeah. about that. I mean I I wasn't even looking at it as uh, like retribution, right? Sometimes you're like I need this unit gone, like I'm going to just deal with that right now. But it yeah. is sometimes even bringing another unit on the table, uh, you know, to to counter what has just happened, right? Somehow if you're able to deal with the fact that you just lost your back table edge. It, the best way to do that is by taking their back table edge and pushing pushing the same thing on them that they've just pushed on you, yep. right? It's, is is a distinct strategy that you can use to try and, you know, right? Like if I bring something in and I'm now, now if I'm presenting a threat against your backline pieces, you may instead of bringing that extra SMG squad from the, my back table edge onto the other table edge because you are, you know, to deal with the my, with your new back, back line threat, you know? It just depends on, again, like you've said, it depends on your list and it depends on your opponent's list. Some of those things do matter. Dice advantages, obviously, are a thing to consider. But it's just a, a way of thinking about it. Don't just think about, oh, shit, I just lost my line. Think about, oh, I can get their line at the same time. Yep. So, yeah, it's, take the fight to them. Yep. It's 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 something to over, that some people might overlook because, you know, the emotion of you just you just got something taken away from you in a pretty meaningful you way. You just got cornholed. You want to do something about it. Yeah. So, so instead of, so yeah, instead of getting upset about it, go cornhole them is kind of what I'm saying. Right. And, so, and do it with a flamethrower if you can. Or four if you have them. I'm just saying. <laughs> one at a time, please. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually one at a time, unfortunately. All right. Uh, I think that's enough for that scenario. There's like... You know, we've, we've sat and talked about these, and like Pat said, we've planned around them for our particular army lists for the given scenarios that we have. And that part, part of that was because we only have two hour rounds with short such short time frames, you didn't want to have to sit and think about that at the table the whole time. Right. That's that's part of the, 
the developing Dale's been Dale and Jeff have been helping Rick and I because we need to catch up quickly to them. Right. Uh, developing the the competitive mindset of what you need to be doing and know what you need to be doing regardless mm-hmm. of what just happened. Right. Exactly. Yep. Um. Yeah. So let's move on to another one. We have we we've got three that we can cover tonight. Uh, I don't know if we we'll get through all of them tonight, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll try. We'll try. Well, this one is probably the most commonly played. The I consider it the uh, the basic. Hey, let's throw down and play. Yes. Engagement scenario too. Yeah, I I would agree that it seems like it is the most common scenario. This is you know you have to know this one. Uh, you, you get to pick a table edge if you win. You, uh, half your units are in reserve, rounding down. First wave. Game duration is six, and of course could be seven. And that's another kill dice scenario. Yep. You've got to win by two. So similar, except for it doesn't have that the confused deployment. And this also has the outflankers to it, which I know a lot of us have different thoughts on outflanking. Yeah. As we've discussed in previous episodes. Uh, that's an one, understatement. <laughs> <laughs> depends on, again, depends on your list and your opponent's list. That's I, Unfortunately, a lot of it comes down to that. So let me ask this. What do you guys identify? So at the beginning of the game, you go through your list, you go through your opponent's lists, and what do you identify in an opponent's list's that you're like, okay, I see they have this, now I'm going to do this. Hmm. Anyone? Well, hmm. no, I think it's more like how to, okay, what are the threat pieces that I need to worry about? Like, oh, do they have Gurkhas? Okay, I'm going to watch out for the Gurkhas. Yep. Like, okay, oh, you've got... you've got Gurkhas um, usually like to outflank. Yeah, or it, it does, yeah, I think you're going to know those things, you know, obviously they're going to tell you they're outflanking. If they're going to outflank, right. and that's when you're going to start thinking about and reacting to that. You got to assume there's almost always going to be some form of an outflanking. You should be playing for it, even if they aren't. I guess I don't know. That's kind of what I'm thinking. But like Soviets, SMG squad, and a truck will be outflanking. Oh, for sure. Or like, yeah, a lot of times you'll see assault engineer squads. You know, those they kind of fl- they're not not super fragile. They're usually a little bit smaller, but they usually have a flamethrower. You know, like yep. shit like that. Flamethrower and a truck will outflank. Yep. Generally. Bazookas, bazookas. Well, bazookas don't outflank. They just typically reserve until they want to show up where they want to show Especially up. Especially if they're in Jeep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. But so I think that's what I typically look for is like, what are the pieces that are going to be the, are first of all going to be my most problematic, right? Oh, they have three pieces of armor. Okay. Now I need to start looking at what, how to deal with that. Like, what is the most, what's the biggest thing, biggest hurdle you're going to have to overcome to get to here? Hmm. I don't know. I, right, Dale? Not, not yeah, Dale. Like, maybe you have a different thought. I do. He, he hummed me. So no, yes. no. I, I, I thought, I thought that was. I think it's the three pieces of armor he hummed you for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I wouldn't be worried about three pieces of armor. But that's well, me. no, you, you've got a very versatile list. That's. Um, what if you're playing, the, you know, like Finland or against Finland? Yeah. Well, what. What I do is I I identify where I'm gonna um, where I'm gonna get my order dice. I was looking outside the scenario, but yes, for sure. In this scenario, you're gonna look at where you're gonna pick up your dice. Um, okay, so uh, let me rephrase that for any scenario. I I figure out how I'm gonna win the game. <laughs> I don't, then, I don't, and then win the game. Well, I don't go. figure I, out how I can done. lose the game. 
Um, oh, I don't try and figure out how I'm going to lose the game. Oh, I see what you're saying. I guess I right. kind of am looking so, at how I lose the game. So, yeah, so my first priority is my first priority is how am I going to win the game? And then the 1A is what in this what in my opponent's list is can get in the way of that. Sure. I, that I guess I was sense. answering specifically the question that Pat asked. Right, and, and like, for me, it's like okay. So, of his units, how am I? Which are which are the easiest dice that I'm going to be there that I'm going to be able to pick up off of him? That's and that's the win scenario in this conditions or the win condition right. in this scenario. So, so that makes sense. Yes. Yeah. So that's my that's what I'm doing. Sure. That's the first thing I'm doing. Okay, and then I, I guess the second question would be then what what units are going to cause that to not happen? Or or it's it's then it's how can I lose the game? What sure. based off of his list? What are the easiest dice that um, I'm likely to lose? In which case, then I can use that to my advantage. Thinking of okay, so I can throw some things in the way and try to bait action, and then make them really hard to kill. I.e., by going down in cover and sure. staying down and always, you know, soaking up so much attention and not ever losing that dice. So, and then again, that's all part of part of kind of that thinking in regards to how how to win and that kind of stuff sure yep mm-hmm. yep and sometimes it, it goes hand in hand i.e um, something that could really give me a hard time is if an air observer goes off or an artillery observer or, you know whatever the case may be but those also can be really easy dice to pick up so you know that's a two birds with one stone thing so if you can pick up that observer early on you're actually saving yourself a bit of a headache but that can also be a trap because it's easy enough to just continually go down with that observer and it ends up taking a ton of extra attention and never, ever dies. Well, unless, it's always considered down, isn't it? Uh, right. Well, um, right. Um, Artillery no. observers are always considered hidden, aren't they? Or Spotters what? are always considered down. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. I'm thinking but of forward spotters. air observers aren't. Again, yes. it's, it's all a matter of, you know, you have you have finite resources. How can you best put those to use to win again? So, so, Jeff, right. what about you? You're 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 at least on the same level. I think you're actually better than I am. So, what what is your approach in that regard? Well, <laughs> that's that's not an easy thing for me to answer because my my decisions, you know, on what I'm going to be looking for in my strategy for a game are made when I get to the table and see what the other guy has. You know. Mm-hmm. And and not just what he has. I mean, I've seen some very, very stiff armies be played kind of poorly, in which case, you know, when I, I get a gister and a feel for it in the first turn or two, and I might be still adjusting my plans for how I'm going to win the game in turn three and four. Yeah. But you're not wrong in that, you know, the first thing to do is be mindful of how you're going to win the game, how it's scored, right? Sure. You can't lose sight of that where you're going to earn your points from. And you need to play to that objective if you're playing a competitive game. Uh, it's just one of the things Dave and I, when we play, is we tend to, I don't want to say screw around, but we'll <laughs> both take... Uh, no, that's, that's appropriate. I'm you sure. test a lot. Yeah, yeah, You're testing all kinds of things. Right. We're testing every different kind of thing we can think of. We'll make charges that normally... I mean, we'll look at each other and we'll specifically say, you know, in a competitive game, this would not be something I would do. Right. But I'm curious and let's see how it goes. Mm-hmm. So in a competitive game, I don't want to say that I play conservatively because I absolutely take, will take a longer shot chances if I have to, if it's going to pay off enough to give me an edge in the game. But those are, those are all decisions you make when you're looking at a game, right? I mean, there's some decisions you should never make. I mean, you should never, 
ever charge Gurkhas in cover if you can ever help it. <laughs> Unless you're um, what, what is the new unit? The Sturm Guard or maybe even then I wouldn't. Even then I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it. Right. Even then I wouldn't do it. Don't fight Gurkhas hand to hand. Period. Right. Just don't. Yes. Just don't. You know. So it's the most important thing. Obviously, is read, reread, and then read a third time the victory conditions for your scenario. And don't lose sight of them. Right. I know that sounds simple, but it's you'd be surprised how many times people I, lose sight of that mid-game. I think people just like to push forward all the time and keep doing right. stuff and rolling dice and not really right. thinking of, okay, well, that's really putting this piece in. I'm, try, I'm getting a shot, but I'm putting a, this piece in serious jeopardy to lose again. Right. It's right. not worth the chance. Yes. And that's a, that's yep. Which is why flamethrowers are crap, by the way. <laughs> I, I disagree in certain circumstances. I know. I just threw it to, in there. Just, <laughs> I, yeah. The particular flavor of flamethrower you were playing, I was actually fond of because you're not losing dice if they decide to disappear. Yeah. Correct. Yep. That's that's a big that's a key component. Flamethrowers as teams are, are, yes. are really tough. Yeah, to take team team weapon. team. If that's like, a tough choice to make. If you're really Operation Barbecue, then like maybe you bring it, but like. Yeah. If you could fit some pioneer squads in, it might be a better choice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for those armies that have that available to them, which is a lot of Western them desert. Now. Yeah, which is a lot of them now. Yeah, but that's yeah. You should always flamethrowers should be inside squads, right. not again. Th- that's that is a that is a decision that you make based on the fact that a lot of scenarios that we play are based on dice kills. Uh, it, yes, actually, it, half of them. Yeah. It, well, mm-hmm. in addition, in addition to the fact that you lose dice advantage, right? You if you you know. Double-edged sword, yeah. Yeah, the the team one high risk, high reward. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't feel I I'm I've been tending to lean your direction, Dale. That the the reward is not nearly good enough for the risk. You know, when you roll a two, you're like whoopee ding dong. I just got two guys. Whoa, yay! Although you can still take a unit off the table. Yes. Nope. Yep. That's that is the that is the reward. I guess that yep. that is potentially the reward as you put a couple pins on and make them disappear. Yep. So flame, multiple flamethrowers will make a Japanese player cringe hard. Well, it makes yes. most players cringe. Makes, mm-hmm. yeah, so, and lie. I should, I should, um, it, I mean, the important as far as approach to the game, um, if you know your list and you're comfortable with it and you've played it a lot, going into the game before you've even seen your opponent's army, you possibly have a good idea of what gives your particular army and how you play it issues already which mm-hmm. helps out a lot in regards to being flexible and spending potentially more time trying to figure out, okay, how am I going to solve this particular puzzle that this game presents? Because you've already, you already understand what your weaknesses are in regards to, as a player and as a list sure. and those kinds yep. of things. I still recommend uh, playing your list that you can take to tournament at least five times. <laughs> in each to scenario. Be <laughs> well, yeah. Good luck. <laughs> but what I have is, I think, very similar to what Rick is, is that you know you play a list and you're like, okay, that didn't do what I wanted to. You make tweaks and adjustments, probably over adjusting in several scenarios, and you For play sure. it again. So you're not playing the same list, but you're playing same, same or similar elements of the mm-hmm. list. Yeah. And then you're you're finding out. So I mean, you're not playing the exact same list, but play the exact same list at least five times, I would say. And then you can kind of see and know how you can recover from a bad decision, uh, what you can what you can force ahead and still be okay with, and what just really didn't belong in that list to begin with. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, 
just you know five five games you're talking about investing you know ten to fifteen hours into playing and understanding what's going on with that and I think that's that's enough to get a good grasp on it but then you get to the Dale scale where you're playing twenty with the exact same list because that's what it is even though it's it's a strong list to begin with that's a whole different animal well it it is but you're thinking in regards to um, you know if you if you play the same list five times in a row, um, then you you gain a basic understanding of what's in the list. But I like to have as much understanding of not just what's in the list, but how each of the individual components work with the other components in in each of the scenarios on many different kinds of boards. Mm-hmm. And that you're looking at twenty five to forty games, you know. But no, no one has that's the, like no that's one, like a year, year and a half. Yeah, no one has that much time necessarily to play. But you know that doesn't mean that you aren't running. See, I do a lot of um, theory, theory crafting and all that kind of stuff. Thinking about my list as I'm putting it together. How's it going to perform action. in this scenario? You know, and, and as much of that is in addition to in addition to playing. And so um, that's why. And then we've had this discussion some time ago in regards to how long does each of us think it takes to master a list and I'm in the 25 to 40 game category so but that's just it's just one of those things and even even the base scenarios that we're preparing for for WTC there are some very different scenarios like you know the objective based scenarios require much different play than the order kill dice scenarios do so yes yes yep so, you know, and, and us spending time and breaking down the scenario and now doing it on the podcast, I think hopefully will help others really think about, well, shoot, you know, if I'm going to be playing this list, then these are the things that I need to be thinking about and why my list should be played or built this particular way. So it's fun. It's a good exercise. It, mm-hmm. It's interesting. It's, it's, a, it's another problem or puzzle that you get to solve. And because all of our lists are different, it's solved in a lot of different ways. And the people you play against... Um, will require different kinds of strategies and stuff. So. Well, and, and just your own personal play style makes a huge difference mm-hmm. into yeah. into which elements yeah. you're gonna you pick. And of course, we're straying from talking about scenarios to talking about you know theory list building, but that is part of it too. I oh, mean, my oh. own play style that I found painfully enough, as much as I like to have Gurkhas in my list, is that just it's a whole different element to play style for that. <laughs> right. Well, and I it think really is, and one I'm not completely confident and comfortable in, in playing. <laughs> but it scares the bejesus out of people when I put on the table, so right, that's always fun, too. <laughs> some scare factor there. Yes. Uh, what I was going to say is I don't think... I think at the end of the day, when we have this conversation or we have these podcast topics of about scenario play, I don't think that we're going to be able to say, here's absolutely how you play surrounded. Here's how you play key positions. You, Right, I think we're giving people the idea or guidelines or like thoughts around it, and you're you're basically opening a conversation that they can start having with themselves around their their list and things that they might need to look at. Right, so this yeah. is kind why of is, just helping you think about how yeah how are scenarios how how should I be thinking about scenarios with my list? It's not necessarily like how you should win with your list in this particular scenario. We're giving you things to look at in each of the scenarios. And like the the ideas around the scenario, and what makes mm-hmm. you know like what you should be looking out for, but I don't think at the end of the day we're going to be able to tell you how to win it with it with a given scenario. What we're telling you is no. here are a bunch of thoughts that we have around it and how you might have some you know 
we're helping you learn to think for yourself. We're not trying to tell you how to win it, right? Well, we're yeah. This is this is what we think, right? And right. Sometimes yeah. it works out for us. Sometimes, and sometimes, it doesn't. sometimes, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So you know, it's just a, yeah, it's a conversation, and hopefully, right. hopefully, people will find it worthwhile and interesting. And and again, this was just kind of in the lead up because we just started really talk, thinking about this and talking about it in our preparation for WTC. And I'm sure that once we get there, we're going to find out that we were really way off on a lot of this stuff and we're going to learn how well, how to really probably, play a lot of this stuff. Probably, probably mostly so, in the list building phase but <laughs> so it's, again it's it's just for yeah it's just for one of those things where it's like you know, we've we were having a good time with this and jeff has actually been really helpful especially for me because we're sitting we're thinking about this stuff and i that's stuff i hadn't even thought of before so it's it's been right. really good so <laughs> hopefully this yep. this is going to be useful for for more than just ourselves so Right. And, yeah, we'll see how we the are, Stalingrad uh, campaign uh, rolls out. We're, we're keeping the juiciest yeah. bits under wraps still till after WTC. Because <laughs> it's yeah, still, whatever that may be. It's still going to happen eventually. Uh, hopefully, yeah. Actually, uh, we're so not. We'll say we all. There aren't any juicy bits. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're not going to tell you what our lists are or anything, but... I've, well, I mean, who, who if knows? anyone's listening, they can kind of pick up some of it. So. Right. Um, I have chin bits. <laughs> Pat's got British models. Watch out. Yeah, Ooh, scary. He's, he's had British models since the first day of the scenario of this podcast. So, yeah. Anyway, um, so do we want to talk about key positions then? I think that's sure. another. It's another yeah. tricky one, one that we were dissecting because it, and it had. A, These are three vastly different scenarios that all have similar threads oh, through the rest of them. Sure. So I think I think you know this is the objective based one. Yeah this this is the objective based one. I mean outside and, of the book there are many other objective ones but this is the that's one a that different we podcast. Yeah. We'll, we'll cover that later maybe 48 or 49 <laughs> yeah Jesus so it's a variable number of objectives in which the, Rick always seems to get three I always get three I, <laughs> I had five the last time I played three. it it drive me crazy like every time I play and I always <laughs> get the my opponent gets to place two of them like I right, get so one. You're just lucky. So there's either player rolls d3 plus two. This is the number of objectives used in the game. Uh, then both players roll a dice. The higher scare, the higher scoring player places one objective anywhere on the table, anywhere on the table. Then the opponent places the objective and you alternate until they're all placed. They must be 12 inches apart from each other. Um, they can be tactical importance, whatever. They're just markers you're going to put down. If you want to make them a nice little piece, you can do that too. And once the objectives are placed, both players roll dice. So it's important that you place the objectives first before you determine who has which table edge. Correct. Uh, and then you've got higher score picks table edge, and then any of his units, if any. So you could put your entire force out. And uh, this is a first wave one, right, too? Yep. So there's, nothing's deployed in the table. Everything's first wave for both players. So you can reserve on this one. You can outflank on this one. But the whole thing is about claiming those objectives that you put down. Yeah, six, possibly seven turns, right? Yeah, everything so possible is seven six turns. I think yeah. everything seven in the turn. book is that. Yeah, right? everything yep. is the same in the book. Only Operation Snafu stops at six. Right. Because that's how we, get, we got a timetable, yo. <laughs> Thanks for right? the yo on that. That was a nice <laughs> well, touch. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm entertaining, if anything. Uh, yeah, so it's controlling more objectives than your opponent at the end of the game. <laughs> so this is where I always get hosed, is I always get three. So my opponent I, gets I, to place them, and then the table edge is picked by my opponent, too. Like, I literally just get to, every host. 
just a, just a key note there that in order to claim an objective, an infantry or artillery unit or a transport including one of them must be within three inches of the objective, and there can be no enemy units of any type within three inches of it. Right. So armor can't claim, though they can contest. Right. That is a key. That is a key thing. It's very important. Yep. Yep. Uh, it's, so we've learned lots of janky things about this one, like Dale had alluded to earlier. Uh, placing objectives around an, a building is a fantastic way of at least contesting multiple objectives if you want to go inside that building. If you have Play- units that are good at claiming buildings. Yeah. Right. Or you can hide behind the building and just conga line around the building. It's a possibility so yeah, hide, hide out a line of sight. Um, if Pla- the objective's on the other side, then at the last turn, move in, and now you're, you're you know, yep. claiming. Placing one uh, <coughs> near the... Uh, Near one of the long table edges in a large piece of dense terrain, tempting the opponent to take that side. Dale got me at that one once. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, so there's, (laughs) um, there's there's a thought process on that, right? Yeah, there's, you can bait, yeah, you can bait play for sure if, if you're prepared for it. So, it's that, that and that's just something that you know to took be aware a hook, of. line, and sinker. By the way, yep. So again, and you should you should take some time to understand the terrain on the board. Um, you know how big are, how big is that dense terrain? You know, can you can you place your objectives so you can win and lose the game and how the the objectives are placed? And this is another one of those things that when you put your list together, you should know. Um, how well you can go and secure objectives on the other side of the board. You know, if you can't, mm-hmm. if if you're bad at that, you might not want to put an objective on a table edge in case you don't win the roll. Yes. Also, right. something to think about, and this is not just for this scenario, but any scenario. Quite often, in the third game of a long day where you haven't been too successful, you can really put your after putting your army down and losing or winning the roll, not want to move to the other side of the table. Oh, the laser, right. lazy game, you, lazy gamer syndrome. Yep, you yeah. should always be willing to move to the other side of the table if that's right. to your benefit. So. Right. If in doubt, yep. you should probably just do it anyway yep. because your initial instincts that late in the game or that that late in the day <laughs> are probably wrong. Yep. And this is this is one of the scenarios I, where I having a different table edge can make a big difference because you're controlling where at least one of those objectives is. Sure. I actually like putting the objectives near each other and trying to make them twelve inches apart, though. To, yes, right. But have like okay. So I have three. If I have three objectives and I have some control over how oh. you deploy your. Or, what, what, what do we? What do we nickname this particular move? Oh, what is it called? Oh, it's not <laughs> sure. Oh, um, what did we call this? Was this is the the swooping crane or the, something like that? Spread, where you spread <laughs> the wings, right? Right, something like that. The like spreading dragon crane or something we <laughs> right. called it. Where you... So if you've got if you've got um, infantry units and um, and you and you spread them out, you can cover you can claim a lot of objectives in one line. You can with, cover with, a lot of ground for sure. Right. So we so, figured what with like an eight man unit, you can almost cover uh, you can cover almost fifteen inches with a one inch gap between them. Yep. And then cover two objectives that are about twelve inches apart. Yeah, right. He's like a reform on turn six and just like swoop out and, and grab both wings. objectives, spread the wings. Yeah, so it's and it's, I think you had to yell "caw" at the end of it too, yeah. or something like that. 
Jesus. <laughs> That's a juicy bit, but it's really not that juicy. Excuse so me. it's again, it, it's it, it comes down to you know um, if if the objectives are close together, does that benefit your list or not? And so it's right. just again understand. Do you have large you units, or do you are you running MSU with you know only five six man units? Well, you and, can't, right. can't spread out enough. Right. I, I with my particular list that I was playing, I was well screw it. I don't even care. My American list was very much dependent on my units all being able to support one another. And that's why I like having the objectives near each other is yeah. because now my my models or my units can all move up together and they're trying to go after... Right now I'm looking at three objectives. I mean, depending on how many objectives you end up getting because in, in reality, get I get three. But sometimes I didn't. There were a couple games where I didn't get three. There were four, whatever. Um, where I'm looking at... there's Okay, so there are three objectives, but reality is I only have one objective. Like... It, they're all right next to each other. They're close enough together and it, that I can, will be able to move and capture two of the three, and that's really my goal. I'm not trying to, and maybe this is maybe this is something that Dale and I will disagree with because Dale will say I will take all three, and I will say I will take two. Right? I'm not greedy like Dale is. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> if you're gonna win big, you might as well win big. Well, right? no, and I think I, I think the difference is, and and I I mean maybe if I were playing a Soviet list, I would play things differently too, or you know. A, an army that has much a much larger footprint, I would say I could take three, right? In the particular list that mm-hmm. I'm playing, I can't take three, like especially when I'm playing against a, a large footprint army. Like I'm not likely to get so. Three. So if if you know that going into the into the you know placement of objectives, and there are three objectives, can you place? Can you set up the three objectives in such a way to benefit your army, knowing that? Well, no, because he only gets to place one. Well, no, but right, no. So and so, he loses the table edge roll. Right. That's why. Well, but that's why, I like having them in the middle, right? I mean, most people put them in the middle because they don't know which A table edge they're going to get. Yeah. But yeah. what and what what makes my army uniquely good is that I can move my my my, my army is very mobile, right? Mm-hmm. It's able to move. It's Scoot able to shoot. shoot. It's able to do the things it needs to do while still being on the run. So if you decide to commit to one of the object, one of the one of the flank positions, I'm able to adjust better because my objectives are are close enough together that I will be able to move my better move my units than you are to to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I'm ultimately doing when I play the scenario. That's what I look at. It's like how can I make the objectives where okay, I may be looking at taking these two, but how can I maybe shift my Shift my focus if I have to. If you decide you're going to hard claim that right, the right objective, right? Sure. The tricky part is if you take yep. my middle objective, I'm, I'm hosed. <laughs> or we're going to have to fight it. We're going to have to fight it out for the middle one. So uh, this is one of the scenarios where I think an outflanking unit is actually potentially valuable, um, depending upon oh. objective placement. It, really? It's very dependent on objective placement, but yes, it yep. can very well. But if you if you have one of those unit combinations, you and you're placing objectives, then why would keeping you? it in mind? Yeah. Well, and actually, I've I, and this is everyone shook their head when I did this, but it worked out just fine for me. Is <laughs> um, 
against Dave Nolas, who was uh, well, he was playing he was playing Norwegians or something. No, it was, it was, <laughs> he was trying something. He was trying sure. something. He was trying something. It was actually was a, this the the twenty two order dice? Yeah, thing? it was an insane amount okay. of dice. <clears throat> but knowing that I had that outflanking unit and being able to place an objective near a side where I potentially would be outflanking, and then actually I picked the other side anyway because I my mindset was okay he knows that that's where I'm probably going to go why would I you know was the path of least resistance would be like I'm going to take that objective with my with my engineers so he put a lot of effort into like hiding shit over there and putting units and like hiding hiding stuff within range to move in and not to contest the objective and I ended up putting my pioneers on the other side and wiping out like four units and protecting my other my other objective Mm-hmm. And a lot of people were giving me flack for, you know, not taking the most obvious choice. And I think part of it was actually like it was the obvious choice, and it was it was a bait. So it was bait. It. it was okay. bait. It was definitely bait. Well, and part of the reason why it was bait as well is in this particular scenario, and this is where mining mining the terrain is the the objective was sitting between like four buildings. Right. Oh, that was on my desert board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like sitting with all the the uh, whatever you call those huts, the quantum yeah, quantum huts. huts. There you go, uh, quantum physics huts. Uh, so <laughs> that's wow. Yeah, late enough. Uh, so you know, having an objective in there, there was, and it was you know within three inches of probably three buildings. There was very little chance that either one of us were actually going to control that building at the end of the game. All it took is one of our units to sit behind a building and in the last turn just move into the building and now you're contesting it and he could have done the same thing back to me. And actually, sure. and I think that's in reality what happened is I think he had a machine gun team sitting in a building and I had a unit yeah. hiding behind a woods that were all within three inches of the... Yeah, I remember, I remember watching that game. Yeah. Yep. So it was yeah. like, well, it's a trap. It's like it, it, was a, it was a trap for both of us in reality. That objective was not going to be held by anyone, so the other two were far more important than that one. Right, and so you, you give up mind. the obvious one to, to scoop the other two, right? Or to protect that far my right my right flank in that particular mm-hmm. scenario was more important to me than that one, knowing that I'm never going to be able to control that one. Sure, sure, yep. okay. So, so it's again that was very mindful of the terrain. That's that's all it was. It was basically saying, I don't think this objective is going to be. I'm not going to be able to hold this objective. So, just very interesting things like that. Yeah, it's amazing how much these these the uh, these decisions always come down to what's the train doing to you, and then the second thing is what's your opponent's list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I almost would flip flop on myself, but I think the train's more important than who you're playing. That's no, right. Than the list you're playing, who you're playing is an entirely different thing altogether. Sure, but, it's a different. Yeah, it's and, a more cerebral. Yeah, you can yeah. You generally can't control that in a tournament scenario, but you you cool. can have some control and some preparation over what units are being represented in sure. their list. I'm, I'm actually a wizard. I always control who I'm playing. I, I always get stents <laughs> in the final round at Bug Eater three years running. Right. So, right. right. Wow. It's, it's tradition at this point. So It I is. Mean, so you guys should definitely have a game that, that Sunday. Yeah, you guys should definitely get on, on yeah, TTS Jesus. and and have a game. That well, maybe a game. would be, what, the 8th of June or something like that? A game Storm so, might be okay. open again. You might be able to sneak in an actual physical game at that point. Mm-hmm. Maybe Never either know. way. Maybe it'd be more almost. fun if they like streamed it. Right, that we would be cool. Well, we could do that in real life too. We can put a camera. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Just, 
Everyone's wearing I'm full protective gear still, but whatever. I still got my, my full-on respirator for my doing my airbrushing. So yep, yeah. So this this um, for me this scenario is unique in that you have the opportunity to place the objectives, and because it's you the only one like it, yeah, yep. because you do have that opportunity, you can give yourself an advantage to win to win the game that you don't typically get at least more so I mean sometimes you can you just pick your table side attacker defender those kinds of things but placing objectives um, is a really really powerful tool an opportunity to set yourself up to win or to fail and uh, but you have to understand how to claim those objectives how your army claims objectives and the terrain like everyone um, like like we had mentioned and so um, if this is a scenario that's possibly going to play, to, you're going to play in competitive play, you want to have that understanding ready to go before you walk. In, in my opinion, before you walk up to the table, um, absolutely. Because this is this is one of the scenarios that typically the better prepared player has a huge advantage. So, yeah, mm-hmm. and this is also one of the, the rare scenarios that I would consider uh, leaving if there's room in your transport, depending how tight your list is, leaving that uh, inexperienced second lieutenant inside a transport for a blitz at the end of game, at end round six or seven to contest objective where you need to. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a good idea. So. Right. And, and sometimes, you know, contesting is, ju- is just as important, if not more important, than the ability to claim. So, Yes. Yeah. And this is where my tried and true, oh, ignore the armor, is not necessarily a good idea. <laughs> so. Because they can come back and contest you on it. That's yes. right. So, you know. Yeah. That, they that get is, to shine that is your tested theory, area. isn't it? <laughs> armor, ah, ignore it. What if they got two of them? Uh, what if they got three? Uh. <laughs> well, that's why, that's why my free Soviet squad have, eight, have anti-tank grenades. So. No, it's because it's free. That's right. why you have them. Why don't you have the flag yet? Come on. Because um, I can't, I can't paint designs on fabric. But you've got to paint a little sickle on it. <laughs> a hammer hard. and sickle. Yes. Well, I'm sorry. You got to get a hammer on there too, but not that hard. So they got to have a decal for it by now. I'm, oh, I'm sure you can find one. So there's. We'll probably talk more about this in the future as we keep diving through some of this stuff. Because we, I mean, we've kind of paused on it because we don't know when WTC is. But you know, if it is, if if we'll be able to attend, well, I mean, there's a lot of ifs now. What, yeah. What's the like? Yeah, there's, what's the likelihood that you get the exact same players that signed up that can come back for a unannounced right. date? Right. You know, unlike I mean. I, in, in the spirit of, of um, decency and good taste, obviously we're focused on everyone surviving, <laughs> so being healthy. Yes. Right. You know, yeah, let's all live, let's all get right. through this. And you know, right. once we're all through it and we're super excited and we get to play again, then hopefully, you know, I'm there if I can be for sure. Right? Yep. Like that's my goal. Is like, I well, I have a plane voucher that says I'm going to Ireland at some point. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give up on the frustration of trying to figure out how the heck my flight insurance actually works now. It's officially been canceled and probably just get a voucher too and plan on traveling yeah. somewhere at some point. Yeah. I mean, in the worst case, like I said, I'm going to backpack across Ireland if I have to. I don't really care. There's a lot of cool castles to see just there. Stick here. to the road. Don't cut across the moors. Yeah. That's not, that's not in Ireland, though, is it? 
I no. mean, no, yeah, that is, that's, I get the joke. I get the reference. It's in the United Kingdom, close enough. Close enough. Okay. All right. Actually, yeah, I think it is. Geographically speaking. Yeah. Right. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, tangent number 744. Right? You, you think it's that low? <laughs> <laughs> I have no yeah, idea. Right? This way. One billion, I don't know. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how far deep, how far down the rabbit hole we're getting with the with news of Operation Snafu. I alluded to it earlier that I'm working on some graphical stuff for it, but I don't even know if what I'm working on is the right thing at this point. So, uh, Jeff, Pat, mostly Jeff, I think. What what do we want to talk about of Operation Snafu? Jeff likes to, to doll up the flavor, and I'll just do mechanics behind that afterwards. Right. <laughs> Yeah, I'll put some sour cream on top of your taco. Sure. There you go. See, <laughs> gross. <laughs> what? <laughs> Would you diced tomatoes? No, ick. God, <laughs> I'm going to bed now. Oh man, yeah. uh, seven hundred and forty-five. All right. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, I don't know. Are we throwing the cat out of the bag with this podcast? Yes. Yeah. Okay. At the end of the episode, they make it listen to the two and a half if you've hours. Made it, if you've made it this far, here's your tip off for the theme of Snafu uh, 2020. 20. Yes. Hopefully 2020. Mm-hmm. Most likely 2020. Most like uh, Snafu most likely 2020. That's not actually the theme. But <laughs> it should be. It feels like it right now. Yeah, right. Uh, so I think we're the, the guys were discussing it, and I really like this idea. So we're going to do... Uh, theme Operation Snafu around December 1944. So it is going to be a combination on one set of our tables for Battle of the Bulge and a combination on the other set of our tables for the Siege of Budapest. So you will get to have... That should include every army in the game except for the Japanese and the Marines. Sorry. The middle's just Uh, a jump. You can still bring those armies, but... Yeah, the middle and the yeah. middle of yeah. you know I, the thing, crazy thing is is I was I was digging through the history books looking for anything really interesting going on in the Pacific Theater for December forty four, and eh, I couldn't find anything really good. But if that changes, we'll see. But usually those are our objective tables, so you know yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they'll all be jungles, but they could be, they could be. But there could be like so a it's going to be a table. December forty four theme. Yeah, that sounds very winter esque. It's going to uh, be cold, nippy. What snow table? What? Yeah, snow tables. What? What? Bring get those bring airborns. Yeah, get, get the, your winter Americans. Get, get your winter Germans. Get those Finns with skis. Fins oh, yeah. with skis. Yeah. Oh, skis. Yeah, I forgot about skis. skis. Shit, we better think about that a little bit. Oh yeah, I, Calvary were uh, bad in the snow, right? They're at a disadvantage. Yes, Gurkhas. Gurkhas, Gurkhas do not like the cold. They do yeah, not Gurkhas like the don't cold. like the cold. They, like the they have their own attacks. <laughs> they have their own attacks. I like it. Actually, because <laughs> they have to play it. I'd even be okay with them. They just move half speed. Yeah. Like, okay, I can run around you. That's they have the, to make a shiver check. Yeah, shiver yeah, right. check. It's, yeah, it's set of screaming blighters. It's shivering blighters. Shivering right. blighters, yes. yeah. That's scary. They're shivering. Right. That's in, it's scary enough, anyway. Right. <laughs> I'm excited for this theme. I'm glad. I am. And we're going to try to add a few more story elements for everybody's army, so some of your units may progress a little bit during the game. We'll see. Uh, during the tournament, that is. Nice. Not during the game. That yes. would be crazy. Not during the game. That would be crazy. I, uh, probably I'm not. excited for all of this stuff. I think it'll make 
for even a cooler idea, right? Because we kind of have lots of things going on now. Yes. But not overcomplicating things, I don't think, at all. I, mean, well, I don't I mean, think so. A little bit, but not a lot. Not enough that people are going to be yeah. confused. No, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, this is supposed to be fun for everybody. Right. Um, and I feel like we're getting comfortable enough with our tweaks to the game system that everybody, you know, we're confident in running it, and everyone's kind of getting a feel for what we're doing. They're picking up what we're laying down, so I think it'll, right. I think it'll roll pretty smooth. Uh, they're definitely smelling we're stepping in. Yes, precisely. Yes, yes. So that was bulge and Budapest. Bulge, a bulging Budapest. <laughs> I am not putting that on the graphic. <laughs> Buddha bulge. Uh, the Buddha bulge. The Buddha bulge. bulge. No, that's Bulge that's bulge pest. Bad. Oh my god. Bulge pest. Yeah. Bulge pest. Bulge pest. Uh, we clearly don't have a name for this yet, but the idea is there. I'm, I'm excited. So the themes out there. Uh, expect the objective tables to be a little different. Yep. Uh, as a, as always. If we really pull this thing off, uh, I think we're probably trying to look at increased capacity past yes. 24. Come on, guys, mm-hmm. sign up. I <laughs> don't think that'll could, be a problem this year. Like, yeah, it could be the only bolt-action tournament in the Midwest. We might be far enough out of this mess. Uh, upper think. Midwest, maybe. Right. Yeah. God, I sure hope so. I surely hope this is, is I I hope it's probably not going to be completely past us. So you can Fine. you can follow that information coming up on uh, the Renegade Open. They they are the the tournament that we are housed under. Uh, they have released some bolt action stuff, apparently. Mm-hmm. Said some things, but at least we find out about them later. <laughs> <laughs> Sweet. All right. Good. Uh, and, and generally speaking, you can you can find that somewhere in the first week of June that the the. Signups open up, so yeah, yep. we'll, and we'll obviously we'll blast it as soon as we find out signups are right. open. Right, and we'll probably have something. We'll probably have an episode at least one between here and there too. So. God, I hope so. Yeah. Right, I, the hell else are we doing with our time? Maybe two, three, three, yeah. three D printing six, and whatever. video games. Probably it's not six. Basically, unless we talk about video games, right? Which we won't. No, we won't talk no. about that. That's a different podcast. I have a different podcast for that one. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Nobody's got time for that shit. <laughs> be better off playing video games. Right? Isn't that just how it works? Jesus. Right. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Uh, that's that's it? Is that all we're going to say for Snafu? I think there's, that's all we can say for Snafu right now. I think that's all we're going to open with for now. Yeah. Obviously, more information to come. But Well, so, you know, Bulge, you can expect the fact that, again, the uh, intelligence officer and the uh, chaplain Very important. Will, will be... In those will be available for those lists. I will. I will sternly try and talk Pat into allowing us to bring the quad jeep or the twin oh, the linked twin, ba- twin, twin bazooka jeep. Twin, twin linked <laughs> bazookas. Right, right, because the Axis need all the help they can get. Allies. That's allies. An allies. That's an allies weapon. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. Oh God. Um, I, spoiler alert! I don't think he's going to let it in anyway. But we'll we'll I'll keep working. He's not on. allowed in a reinforced platoon. See, it's like a broken record, and he'll keep hearing it because that's good. It's like you know what it is we'll allowed. It for better. Storm groups. Those are not allowed either. <laughs> Gurkhas, on the other hand, unfortunately, still are. Uh, and and you can bring your Panzer IV off G. Get yourself you? some Tiger Fear. Right. It, Hopefully they they fack it to 
correct that problem before then. But no, it, God, no, so. they will fact it. It'll be without. It'll be too late. <laughs> we won't be able to allow it because the, the FAQ will have come out. No, they'll, a they'll, week they'll reverse it and they'll say the tiger fear applies for units uh, twelve to forty-eight inches away, and not close-in units. Um, it'd be better. <laughs> it'd be better. Yeah. I don't think it'd be good, but it'd be it'd better. Be better. <laughs> Tangent seven hundred and forty-six. Oh man, we're good at that. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what we do. No, it's good. That's no, it's, I, I I think Tiger Fear will now be that the unit, the Tiger or the Panzer in this case, will have to take the Tiger Fear itself because it's afraid of itself. Right, it's, it's afraid of itself, and then right. actually nothing else has to check anymore. It's just, do I get to fire? <laughs> do I get to fire? Friendly <laughs> units within twelve inches. How about this? Yes. If you if you cosplay as Joe Exotic and bring. Ooh, a tiger, God. you get to use the old Tiger King roll or Tiger Fear roll. Oh my roll. God! Uh, only okay only if you bring a tiger, though. Whoa, 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 whoa! Like an actual tiger or the tank? <laughs> oh no, the tank. Sorry, sorry. An actual tiger <laughs> tank, not the. You can't take a Panzer. You have to know, take an actual tiger. Apparently, big cats are a lot cheaper than I would have anticipated. Holy cow! Yeah, Jesus. Anyways, like, don't. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. If you haven't watched the show, it's funnier than hell, but. If you do that, it has to be a real hair too. It, it can't be a. It cannot be a straight wig. up mullet. That and you have and to have a the, mullet. Oh, Got to have the man. mullet. That makes sense. I, I, I feel like we're near the end, the end of the episode. <laughs> I think we've hit the end. Oh, of the episode. we've we've hit the wall. It's for sure. But uh, that would be funny, Dale. We should talk about that later. <laughs> Another not. time. Next podcast. <laughs> we'll just dedicate the next one to Tiger King. No. Yeah. Jeez. No. <laughs> no. It's okay. No. I'll have right. to find a way to make that the episode title of, of of a future episode and have it make sense. That'll be. That's when. That's when. We're the spend the next. You reverses it. <laughs> we're gonna. We're gonna spend the next ten episodes trying to work the Tiger King in just so we can justify the title. <laughs> <laughs> no. We we'll just wait for the. Fa- we'll just have to wait for them to reverse their decision on it. It'll eventually happen, right? Oh yeah! If it, when they fix the tiger for a rule, we can talk <laughs> then about it's it. The, that's the, episode then the Tiger King episode. Tiger King murder. There we go. Mayhem, is that Tiger Fear or Tiger Fur? Tiger Fur sure. and Fear. You slur it. You slur it. So it's like Tiger Fear. Tiger yeah. Fur. It's got to sound like a Florida. Anyway, <laughs> that is the end of the episode. We are done. Pat, get us out of here so I can go to bed. This is Snafu. Over and out. Have Good night, night fellas. Good night, everybody. I meet a someone each day Who's never sad Who's always gay I know she's acting a part You can see what goes on in her heart Such blue eyes are smiling at me, yet they're lonely as only a woman's can be, for I see all her thoughts are somewhere, somewhere in France with you. 
she's talking she's talking of no one but you she's so proud oh so proud of the things you will do I can see all her love is somewhere somewhere in France with you and when your letters come they bring a smile a tear each one a sweet souvenir Of a million who'll never complain for she knows that the sunshine will follow the rain every beat of her heart will always be to Black Betty by Ram Jam. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> or not. Or not. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just had to say it. I hope you liked Ram Jam. <laughs> uh, no, Pat, you got to find some old World War II music called Ram Jam. I don't, I don't know if that exists. Uh, nice. <laughs> he's going to cut all this shit out of the episode anyway. I have no, I have no editorial control over this anymore. <laughs> it's great. It's perfect, Pat. I appreciate you doing what you do. It does. I'm, leaving, I'm leaving it in just because. It's just great. Perfect. Expect nothing but my ramblings to exist in this episode. <laughs> uh, but in the other 46, why would we change anything Why now? would we do anything different? <laughs> why would we ever do anything different? Why would we do anything different? We are all old enough where we will never do anything differently than the way we do it now, right? Well... Some people are going, why are they still doing this exactly the same way? <laughs> and then they're also going, why am I still listening to this? Why have I listened to 46 episodes? I yeah. need something to do, and yeah. I need something to do in my commute to work. Yeah. We fill your empty, meaningless whoa, time, whoa, apparently. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> your meaningless time. But not your we time. fill your empty spaces. No. I wasn't going to go there. Come on, dude. All right. I was. Okay. All right. Coming Bring back. Bring us back around, Rick. Come on. Wrapping it back in.